And welcome, one and all, to the Master Movie Podcast with friends, where Zach Zuckerman wants you to think that he is your god. On this episode, Chris, I don't want you to think I'm your god. I know I'm your god. Oh, come on. You sound like Alec Baldwin in Malice. Nobody knows. It's a great moment. It's a great moment. Um, uh, Alec Baldwin makes a decision on the table as a surgeon, and the decision to save Nicole Kidman's life or her babies. The baby dies, but she lives. And he's in court being sued because of that decision. And he has this powerful Aaron Sorkin monologue at the very end. He says, he says you say I have a God complex. I am God. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I love it. Malice, not a bad movie. <laughs> Everything for you. Oh, man. There goes my voice. <clears throat> Literally, I have like about a dozen lines. It's just oh on this. On this uh, document that I've written this outro on. Mucho take it easy. Oh man, this is gonna be a this is gonna be like one. I don't think I don't think we're gonna get through this episode without a, like without a, like a resolution. I feel like this is gonna be a hard like. Is this gonna be like the, the presidential debate? I feel, I feel like I feel like that's coming. Wait, did you not like it? I did like it. It's Zach I'm worried about. Oh, yeah, fair. Zach didn't think he was going to like this walking in. Yeah. Anyway. Not that I didn't think. I knew. Okay, uh, well, we're the ones that... Let's go! <laughs> let's go! <laughs> we have to make the argument for it. And if he doesn't, then he's the one missing out. But um, let's start with clarifying last week for Zach. We, we did it over the phone, basically, but yeah, uh, you missed a great Clueless episode. It was very fun. Maybe your presence oh, there. Great. Sounds like it, was dude. it great? I, uh, I, 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 I said it over and over, too. I'm glad Zach's not here. <laughs> I, think, I think if Zach was there, the process of what we did would have taken probably an hour longer. But I do think, <laughs> I do think the fact that Zach picked this movie was a great choice. And um, Zach, I yeah. love the movie, dude. Like, yeah. that movie is so well, much fun. It's a great movie. Uh, and we replaced it with A League of Their Own. Okay. I So you chose another female-driven movie to replace yes. the female-driven movie? Well, the, challenge for, the challenge for the good wheel this time around, choose a movie that is directed by a, by a woman for the good wheel. This, this coming this coming round. I mean, I have a couple. I actually have a movie, but I don't. I this just, week I is the bad wheel. What? This week, this that, week is this the week bad wheel. I I want I want to suggest. I just want to say this now, but like, I'm probably gonna suggest it when we roll back around it. But I, it's because I don't think Chris has uh, Alex has seen it yet. But it's really good, and I really want Alex to see it, and I really want you, Chris, to see this. Is three billboards outside of Billings, Missouri. I have I, seen it. Uh, Boom! Yeah. All of the stuff. Wrecked! 
I, I'm a big I, fan. Again, Chris, I didn't know you. You were you were fifty fifty, but I knew Alex hadn't seen it. Now, now, now. Well, Zach, let me offer this as the as a replacement in Bruges. I like in Rouge. Um, in Bruges by the same writer director, Colin Farrell, uh, um, Brandon Gleason. Um, yeah. Ralph Fiennes. Unbelievably great ending for a movie that's actually it's my favorite Colin Farrell performance too. Yeah, I mean, I again, I'm especially when it comes to movies like Clueless, I would much rather have a female-driven movie directed by a female, just because. That, again, that's what we decided that last episode. We're just talking about the choice that you made before we even knew that that was something we were. Oh yeah, do. yeah, 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 sure, 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, that's. I would say instead of Three Billboards, since we've all seen it, and I do like that movie, I think In Bruges by that filmmaker is like a really, really, really great entrance. In Bruges, um, I'm trying to remember. Um, what that that is? Oh no, no, I I remember that. No, well, you know what it is. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of the movie I'm thinking, so I'm like looking this uh, up. Um, so In Bruges, Chris is about two hitmen. Oh no, I know what In Bruges is. I I'm... think that's why I said Chris. Uh, <laughs> Chris, sorry. Chris. In Bruges is about two hitmen, Brandon Gleason and Colin Farrell, who do do a job, but the job goes bad. So they're forced to go through a town called Bruges by their boss and spit it out and wait till they uh, understand what's going to happen next. So Colin Farrell, this young, brand new hitman, is like freaking out and going crazy. He's like just basically stewing, like people are in quarantine right now in this town because he secretly did something bad on that job. And Gleason is there because he's like trying to protect him, but he's also worried his boss may make a rash decision. And then by the end of the film, dude, it's one of the bloodiest. It's so bloody, dude. Like, oh God, it's so gross and it's so great. The movie is so funny. It's, it, oh God, it's so good. It's so good. In Bruges is hilarious. Hilarious. And then the last 30 minutes are just like jaw droppingly violent and at the same time, like awesome. You're like, oh, God, the balls on the people who made this. Oh, it's great. Yes. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for Bruges. It's a great movie. I mean, uh, I would always argue that we could put Zero Dark Thirty on because Catherine Bigelow is great, but uh, is the most I would say famous uh, female filmmaker. Right well, now. Catherine Bigelow or Greta Gerwig—they're both pretty big. Greta Gerwig is probably the second one, yeah. But, you, you know, know there's, there's also there's also Patty Jenkins, and there's. Uh, there's a few others lying around. I would say if we really were to look back, we um, last week because of Clueless, we talked about Amy Heckerling and her impact on uh, comedy filmmaking. There's also Penny Marshall with A League yeah. of Their Own. We got on there. Um, there's a few other ones that we could get into. There's but, Sofia um, Coppola. Uh, yes, but it's like what Sofia Coppola movie would I want to show you guys outside of like Lost in Translation? Um, I personally love Virgin Suicides, but I do not think that Chris wants to watch Virgin Suicides right now. Uh, that is a duh blessing movie. So, and I don't know if he's like ready for Lost in Translation. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 for sure. I love that. Um, movie. I, I think that. I think we could look into Chloe Zhao a little, Zhao a little bit, especially since she's directing Eternals. Hmm. For sure. Um, there was Crazy Rich Agents. I don't think we have that on there yet. I. Uh, it's on the backlog. I'm so. Yeah, okay. 
for that movie. That movie is one I really. But today, but today is Bad Wheel Day. Today we're doing. Wait, yeah, today is Bad Wheel Day. Yes. And I have my suggestion, so. I don't have mine because I'm starting to run out of interesting ideas. <laughs> to uh, man, I, I found something. Are we gonna have to carry the rock? We're gonna have to carry the rock, aren't we? I I have a movie that it, I I loved. But there's movies. There's movies I want to suggest, but like, the, that's opening a can of worms. I don't think anyone wants to open. <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll get there, Pop. When we talk about the wheel, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, okay. Anyway, so so let's let's just dig into news. Any <laughs> any news just... we want to talk about? All I got is Obi Wan is going to start shooting in March. Okay, that's promise. all I got. Hold on. No promises. I said that with air quotes. No, that was air. That was Zuma McGregor. He's like, I promise, we're we're gonna do it next March. That's what we're scheduled to do. That's what we're gonna do. Doesn't mean that's when it's gonna happen, but um, my guess is it will because Disney has the kind of money to like, only hire people that they can call. Um, I'll be right back, guys. Um, okay. keep talking news. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> um, sources. Yeah. So, at this point, like, I doubt it. Like, I doubt it'll start shooting in March, honestly. Like, maybe it'll start shooting in March, and then they'll stop, like, a month in because, like, they get positive tests. Like, I am not... Like, given all the delays that, like... Because, like, James Bond got delayed a whole year, and then Dune got delayed, and then Wonder Woman got delayed, and I'm sitting here just, like... I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, here's uh, okay. So I'm gonna say this because people should have been saying this a while ago when I was saying it. Um, sorry. <laughs> Breathe. You did it before anybody <laughs> thought it was cool. No, hey, dude, up? they should have pushed back these movies a year ago. A year ago. Oh, we talking about Dune now? Well, no, 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 no. General and what Chris has said. So, like, everyone's sitting here, and I know, Chris, you're different because you legit went out to theaters and tried to see movies that you wanted to see and did see movies you wanted to see. But in my opinion, Tenant and none of that shit should come out. It should have come out. They should have waited. And what people should have done is look back at the hundred fucking years of movies that we have, man. Like, there's so much shit in the past. <laughs> there's so much stuff out there. Why are people <laughs> and moaning about, because I've seen everything. My roommates would say that all the time. I've seen everything on TV. No, you fucking have it. No, you haven't. <laughs> now, but two weeks ago, and she's like, man, I need to watch more movies. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. People need to stop people. Like, if studios would have come out and been like, we're going to give money to the theaters and we're going to allow the government to give money to the theaters so that they don't die, then we can just keep telling people to look at our back catalogs. Disney Plus, all this shit. Watch our movies again. Like, go to a YouTube uh, video essays and give them money to, like, promote your shit, man. You have so many opportunities. Dude, look at all this shit that's in the past, and then you could have like brought all your movies out. It wouldn't have been a big deal. But now, since everyone's pushing it back and pushing it back, that's what killed theaters. Tenet coming out is what killed theaters. Tenet coming out doing poorly in every studio, being like, oh, well, my movie's going to do poorly too. That's what murdered theaters. 
if they did just give them if they gave them money, let their employees and let the theaters just sit. Maybe the theaters could have stepped up their game and done the renovations that they wanted to do. Maybe they could have like applied uh, 3D and other things they would have been able to do. Like the government and studios should have given the theaters money, put their theaters on the sh- put their movies on the shelf, and been like, guys, we have a hundred hundred years of movies. There have been shows, countless shows, maybe within the last twenty years. Stay at home and watch shit. I don't get it. I don't get it. A lot of theaters are going to die. Theaters won't die in general, but a lot of theaters will die because they thought they could, and now they can't. And it became this whole long thing, and it's like, no, you guys have so much out there. Guys, there's so much out there. I will, I will give you something that I watched this week that I had no idea existed. There's so much out there. <laughs> don't get it. No, Chris, I mean, you're laughing, but he's, like, not wrong. On it that. went from me last week, and now it's Alex. <laughs> I'm just glad it's not me, Randy. Like, so many movies within the last couple of weeks started backing off and going back a year, and I'm just like, yeah, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know, Chris, you love him, and you wanted to go, and you took that chance, and that's fine. I'm not judging you. Giving people the opportunity to make that choice, that's on the theaters, and that's on the studios. That's on Nolan. That's not your fault. They put it out there, and you went because you wanted to. I could have gone because I had already gotten sick. But, like, that, that's, that's not for, that shouldn't have been for everybody. They shouldn't have given that opportunity. That's like smoking. It's like if people will smoke if they want to, sure, but fuck you for putting cigarettes out there in the first place. True. <laughs> no, I mean, Chris, we're like laughing, but it's like true. I know, I know, he's right. He can laugh. He can laugh because I'm passionately angry about stupid shit right now that I have no control of. But like, yeah, passionate, passionate. But like, yeah. It's, it's the studios fall for selling cigarettes. Like, fuck that shit. You still feed it. This week on my movie podcast, Alex spits conspiracy theories that movie theaters are responsible for the tobacco industry. No, they 100% work. (laughs) I mean, that's that's not what I'm saying, but is it? (laughs) I'm in the tree, guys. I got tables. I've got that, like, Charlie Day meme where he's got all the things on the wall. Like, yeah, man. You live in a tree. You don't have walls. (laughs) I built walls within the tree. It's a tree house, dude. Uh, I'm trying to be concerned about uh, Alex here. He thinks he's built walls in a tree. Walls in a tree. I I did. See? Ah! Ow! Okay. (laughs) 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 Not a wall. That was (sighs) it. No, okay. But seriously, stop, stop smoking, everyone. Smoke. Oh, I should start. Smoking. I'm gonna smoke now. Smoke. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes, that is my like. I know Chris, you're sitting there and you're like, everything's going back. This sucks. But at the same time, dude, now it's your time to go back. Now it's your time to watch a bunch of stuff. Right. There's so much out there. Right. So yeah. much out there. So I, much I, out I, there. By the way, guys, I found the movie I'm gonna suggest today. And you found the movie he's gonna suggest in the bad wheel. That's cool. It's, it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a doozy. Man, I got a doozy. Oh, we both said two things at the same time. Anyway, Obi-Wan get, is going to start shooting in March, and then it's going to get canceled in, a month later because of virus. And what are you going to do? 
I don't think Disney's going to cancel that, but it is why Netflix is canceling so many great shows like, oh, like Glow, and it sucks. Killing Adventure of Sabrina. Sorry, what was that? Oh, come uh, on. You couldn't keep that to yourself. No, that's true. That's a show that people love that got canceled because of COVID. There's a bunch of, there's a few, a couple more Netflix shows that won't. It's getting won't a, it's getting a last two, like, it's getting its last season, but that doesn't mean much. It, it, it may not. Glow was supposed to get a last season too, and they were like, screw it, and they canceled that as well. No, 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 no. It, it's in the oh. contract. Like, they, it's, it's there. They're, they're, they're doing oh. it. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, yeah, there's just, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I Anybody mean, good? what? Anybody watch anything good? I um, time, but I saw a trailer or something that I kind of want to watch. What's that? Hubie Halloween. You know what? I'm hearing good things. Yeah, it's trending on Netflix, so it makes me kind of happy. <laughs> Sale of Netflix movie, but the thing that I like about it, um, or the thing that I've been seeing a lot is actual essays. There's a great tweet from somebody that's like, all Adam Sandler has ever done is give work to his friends and make movies so that people can laugh. Like, he's never really tried to do anything other than that. And um, yeah, you know what? That's fair. You know what? I, I don't, I'm starting to realize that like Adam Sandler can make lazy bad movies, sure, and he's pandering to lazy bad people but he has never stopped making movies he's never tried to um do anything different with his production company he's just trying to make people laugh. sometimes he does all right like he he pooped out five different netflix movies and all of them are different genres all of them are different characters all of them are different ideas and all of them are different performances regardless of whether the movies um are lazy well, or not in fairness, so I, I, I don't think adam sandler will ever be better than uncut gems truthfully like that movie is I mean, Uncut Gems shows how good he can be, and yes, I don't think he's going to probably top that performance. It's so it's so much. He's doing so much. It's great. You are asking an actor to be on uh, a pace and a level of 10 in every scene. You have to walk into every scene feeling like he's going to be, like, he's on the edge of anxiety, and, like, it, that movie just, like, Puts me on pins and needles. I can't like. I love that movie, but it like you feel like you're him. It's amazing. It's those filmmakers. They get it out of actors. They ask a lot. They demand a lot. He probably won't be asked of anything like that again unless he wants to. But he has made stuff as good as that. But that yeah, that might be the best thing. But that doesn't mean he should stop trying. It doesn't. No, mean no, 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 no. And 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 I'm not saying that he shouldn't. You know, work. He's you know as funny as it is. Adam Sandler's done so much good things for his friends. Like. He's half the reason why Kevin, what's his name, still works. James. Yeah, why like Kevin James still works. <laughs> Kevin James did a serious role where he was a bad guy recently. Yeah. That I liked. I didn't see it though. He was supposed and, to be. In and like, you know, and he like works with Chris Rock all the time, and he he just it it always seems like he's always just having a good time, and he's just chilling with his friends, and that's great. I just think, yeah, I think um, he made a he made a bunch of bad movies that seemed lazy after a while, that, and people were like, "Well, screw you, rich guy being lazy. You're not trying anymore." But at the same time, it's like he turned into a family man, and he couldn't be the kind of guy he he couldn't be the kind of guy who made Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. But I recently watched Coneheads again, and he has this great scene where he gives the fake information to Conehead 
uh, to be an illegal alien, and so good. It reminded me of Uncut Gems. I was like, dude, he was. This is really good. And like, once he became a family man, it was just like he got a little lazy. And like, I get that. But once the Netflix deal happened, he tried. He really tried to produce different stuff. It wasn't that great because I think he, he never picked a, an idea and focused on it well enough because he's also got three other ideas he's working on. But well, if yeah, he the, the other thing is, I think Hubie Halloween is kind of time. I think if you'd have narrowed it down by two of those films, the Netflix one. Yeah, well, I, I think that movie particularly is kind of a return to like Mr. D, Tappy Gilmore, Big Daddy type things. And. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. Well, I looking at it from what I've seen, it looks more like a Waterboy or a, a Little Nicky Fidge, where he's like um, got a weird voice and he's a weird character, and people think he's weird and he's got a weird thing about him, but then he saves the day anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but it looks like it has the warmth and the sensibility of a Big Daddy. Uh, which I think is an interesting mix to take a water boy and take the, that kind of cartoonish character and put him in a big daddy situation is interesting. And then also to see him work with Julie Bone again is going to be nice. So that's another thing. People were interested in that. Um, I don't think it looks bad. And from what I've heard from people, they're like, yeah, it's genuinely fine. It's not, it's not insulting. And people like to murder mystery. What the Wexler one looked like an interesting take. Yeah, the Netflix movies look good. But they, I think he just made too many and they and spread his uh, ideas too thin and uh, yeah. never and should have flushed out a couple more. But I am I am looking back now. I'm like, you know what? He tried. He really did try. That's not laziness. That's like he put an effort to make a western, a mockumentary, a bloody wedding comedy, um, a, a, a spy comedy, action comedy, and um, uh, a date comedy. Like all of them different. I, I, I gotta give him a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, and he did all this on the heels of Uncut Gems, which is kind of cool. Uh, this was actually right before Uncut Gems. Oh, did he make these all before, and then he just released them after? Yeah, he made he started the Netflix deal like probably four or five years ago. Like oh, that. interesting. He put out all of those like really quickly. He was putting out like two a year. But they and then he was giving movies to like David Spade and stuff. Like the Happy Happy Madison was putting out a bunch of movies on there, um, and he was a part of a lot of them. And then after that, after he put out those films, that's when he did Uncut. And he still is making films with Netflix. I don't think he's going to stop. He's making them a lot of money, uh, and he has the freedom to do things. I just think if he narrowed his field out, I don't think he has anything coming out in a while, which maybe that's the point. Hubie Halloween was a more focused idea. It's for Halloween. It's an interesting character. Let's get a better cast. Let's get a director that maybe knows Halloween really well. I don't know if it's like a Dugan who's made like a bunch of Sandler films and kind of like his visual style is lazy these days. I don't know who made it, but um, it, looks like, it looks like it has a, a Halloween flair to it, which... You it know, is if you directed by... Steve Brill. Interesting. Okay. Who, who did basically all his other Netflix stuff. Okay. And this, guy, this is also the guy who directed Mr. Deeds. That's the most important part about this. And I love Deeds. I think Deeds is really good. Um, but that's then he's been with Sandler for a while. Then he is kind of lazy to a certain extent. Although I will say the Netflix films have all tried to have different looks and styles and flares to them. I just yeah. don't think they push it further than this is what the style is. I'm looking at uh, Oh. I, I have questions here. So the guy who wrote it is the guy who wrote the Ridiculous Six. <laughs> I don't 
the Ridiculous Six is that bad. Right. Bad. Writing wise, no. Well, the look, the look of the Ridiculous Six is the biggest takeaway. You're like, wow, they legitimately spent money on a western. So, like, I, I, the Ridiculous Six is the best thing is the look, but it's not that bad structurally. Structurally, it understands what it is as both a western and a take on somewhat a take on the Magnificent Seven. It understands what it's doing. And it was the first one out the gate, so I, I feel like they tried the hardest on that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anywho, um, but uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't done too much. I think the one movie that I've wanted to see, he did a movie with Ben Stiller for, I think, the, I, I think it was Noah Baumbach a couple the, years the ago. Mer- the, the Meryl Cowitz stories? Yeah, I wanted to watch yeah. that one. I heard that one was really good. I heard that one was good. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested in Hubby Halloween. I am. If I had the time to watch it, I meant. Yeah. It's like one of those ones where I might get towards after the second time. Well, I have a lot to watch, and I have a lot of fall movies that I want to watch on my personal time that I may push till November, but they feel like it'd be great to watch them now. Um, yeah. I want to watch Clayton, Angus, um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. A lot of fall movies I want to get to. But the Halloween, I only have you know a half a month left. So. It's like it's it's like you said, Alex. You, you've got like a hundred years of cinema. <laughs> oh, dude, there's exactly like I. The thing is with the other podcast, um, I watch. We've been watching. We watched a bunch of zombie movies, and then we um watched uh vampire hunter movies. So I rewatched Lost Boys, and Lost Boys is so beautiful. I completely forgot how gorgeous Lost Boys is. Like Joel Schumacher, I, I, that movie's beautiful. I, I completely forgot how beautiful it was. Uh, and then we watched something. This is going to be my recommendation for tonight's bad movie, Bill. But I will say this. I fucking loved this movie. Chris, Zach, I fucking loved this movie. This was one of the best experiences I've had watching a movie in a long-ass time. And I showed it to Peter, and Peter fell in love with it, too. It's called Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. Everyone, (laughs) watch this movie. It is so good. It is so good. However, I, I don't think it belongs on the good movie wheel. I like that wheel to actually promote genuinely good movies. I've seen it, so it's not a curiosity for me, but I do think that this movie looks and has the budget of a a movie that deserves to be on the bad movie wheel. However, this is like, this was such a good movie. This was so good, guys. The music, the comedy, it's so good. It's so warm-hearted. The very last song is amazing. Oh my god. I loved it. Jesus Christ, (laughs) Vampire Hunter. It's on YouTube. It's fucking great. It's it's been around for twenty years, and I didn't know about it till now. Never heard of this movie, and I fucking <laughs> love it. Greatest thing I've watched all week. I've watched it three times. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. This is. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pull a good one out of me. Clips of this, guys. Don't. What are you doing? No, no, I'm no, not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Don't watch a trailer. Don't watch anything. 
just, like I like we're doing the Vampire Hunters, and so I went on Google and I was like, "What are Vampire Hunter movies?" And someone had a list of the best and the worst, and this was on there for the best as like number one. And I was like, "What's this? It looks cheap as shit. It looks like I could make this." And then I'm like, "Okay, silly little movie." I turned it on. Twelve minutes in, I was like, "Oh my god! How did I find gold in a toilet in a fucking like park, like porter potty? This is a this is a chunk of gold. This is amazing." Is it, I love... crusted, is it a gold encrusted shit? No, it's a it's a gold nugget surrounded by shit. You think this is going to be a piece of shit because of how it looks like, and then you watch it and you're like, there's so much passion and love and put into this. It's so smart. The jokes are super funny. It no God, it ha- it, it it's on a level that I don't. Oh man, I'm watching this movie and I'm loving, it, and then every now and then it pulls out a joke and I'm like, damn, you just know exactly what you are and you're fucking killing it. And I loved it, loved it. So, boys, what's our Halloween movie plans? Um, I uh, think... I mean, I'm watching show. I'm watching the Chris, I know you don't watch horror movies, so I don't... I did, I, I did see a recent movie for the next one. We're going to do Werewolves after it, and I watched a new movie that came out just now called The Wolf of Snowy Hollow. Uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. It's really good, guys. Really, really suggest it. Awesome. Really good. Um, thinking about pulling the trigger on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you, you never seen it? Never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. I have actually avoided it. So <laughs> somehow I, I somehow I, so, I no, just, I didn't actively avoid it. I just somehow dodged it. Oh, so, so so Chris, here's the thing about Nightmare Before Christmas. I think it's a better Christmas movie than it is a better Halloween. Than it is oh man, I know that's oh, the thing. Oh, that's another oh, thing that keeps me agree. from watching the movie is because I then I am now inheriting this argument. Okay, wait, 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 wait. First of all, uh, what do you mean by inheriting an argument? Is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? It's and both. I, then now I gotta. It's both. All right, all right. So Zach is correct. It is both. However, it's way more, I would say, a Halloween movie than it is a Christmas movie. Like, the Christmas elements of this movie are 20%. You go to Christmas land for, like, the midsection of the movie and later. But no, most of the movie, which is a very short movie, actually, it's like an hour 17 minutes. It's not long at all. It's like an hour 10 um, minutes, but yeah. Yeah, it's not that long. It's Most of it takes place in Halloween Town, where, yeah, no, it's mostly a Halloween movie. No, you... I mean, you can watch it both, and it is both because they celebrate both, but it is about how, like, people who enjoy Halloween, who are like, it's like if you're a goth kid and you like that weird stuff, if you're a Tim Burton kind of person, and then you see this other thing and you're like, what is this? Like, this thing, it's all bright, it's cut, like, I kind of like it. And then, like, it's about sharing both. It's about understanding who you are and that you can enjoy other things. But it's mostly a Halloween movie. Most of the set pieces and songs and characters are set in Halloween Town. Uh, the bad guys in Halloween Town. The climaxes in Halloween Town. Yeah, no, it's all there. Like I, I get what Chris is. I, I mean, I get what Zach is implying. But I, I, I watched it recently, and I used to think that. But no, that is mostly a Halloween movie. Okay. <laughs> because it's, it's the nightmare before Christmas. True. It's only because I watched it. I feel that way. And then also, have you seen anything by that director, Henry Selleck? Henry rings a bell. Um, it rings a bell. Um, James and the Giant Peach. 
Coraline. Oh, fucking weird shit, dude. Uh, he makes, uh, so he monkey, makes that motion stuff. Monkey yes. bone, yes. I feel like I've seen something of that name. You've Maybe never Coraline, but that was years ago. I hardly that, remember Coraline. <laughs> me too. But I do want to see it again. I'm probably going to see it again this Halloween. Uh, but the yes, um, Nightmare Before Christmas really short and really fun, man. Uh, Danny Elfman is the voice of Jack Skellington. He, he wrote all the music and he sings too. So uh, it, it's really good. It's really good, really good. You should see it, Chris. It's 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 really good. What's this? What's this? It's magic everywhere. Yeah, great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean it's bad? I saw so like um. Somebody was uh, doing a video on it, and then that song came. I was like, "What is this? What is this magic everywhere?" It's like, dude, all you do is magic from wherever you're from. How is this surprising? Dude, also the fact that no, like because they don't do magic. There, they don't there's do also magic. like I the meta, There's Just also witchcraft. the super like meta theory that like it's the final movie in this trilogy that starts with Frank and Wee, then goes to Corpus Bride, and then ends with Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's all connected by the Dead. Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't know that. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to do that. Oh, but I would say uh, he's not saying magic everywhere as a literal sense. He's saying magic in the sense that he's he finds all this magical. He's like all this like lights and snow and trees and love and warmth and fire. Like there's magic to this. What is this? This feels. I want to give this to my. T- the whole point of the movie is Jack Skellington every year on Halloween has to perform something for Halloween. He has to do something. And this year, he's bored as shit with it. He can't, he's not inspired by anything. He accidentally stumbles into a town that does nothing but have Christmas every year. Every, and he realizes how much fun this new thing is. And he wants to bring it back to Halloween town. And they love it. And they're all like, we want it now. And they steal Christmas. And it, it, because they're monsters and they don't know anything. And that's the thing. Uh, and then they realize they've gone too far, and then a bigger villain comes in and takes it too far, and then they save the day. So they they just want something, they want to enjoy it, and yeah, like that's all. Like he just thinks that Christmas is cool, and he wants to share it with people. Huh. Interesting. Well, I'm probably gonna give it a shot this Halloween. I gotta shut my window. The dogs, the dog upstairs is barking. It's super charming. It's not fast paced. It's not fast paced. Ah really easy going so just like it I, yeah it's when you when it's dark turn it on and you will enjoy it a good hour um anybody else see anything before i say what i saw no that's about that's about it um so my friends were like Okay, so my, my friend Kyle, he, um, shout out to Kyle. He, uh, he really, like, he likes Christopher Nolan more than I do. Um, <laughs> this is because he, because he just, like, for some reason likes, uh, like, mind-bending movies. And, like, Nolan is at that, that sweet spot for him. Um, so, what happened, okay, so then they're like, okay, let's watch... We should watch uh, Inception, which is his favorite, which is his favorite one. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I really, really wanted to stay and watch it, but I got like twenty minutes in, then I realized I have work in the morning, so I'm like, "All right, I need to, I need to, I need to get out of here." 
Uh, sorry, guys. I really want to stay, but... Um, so... They're like, you know what? We haven't seen Tenet yet. Let's all go see Tenet. And they're the, so, like, a few days later, so, like, okay, fine. We'll go, I'll go see Tenet. Like, we're all... Because we're all stupid, young idiots. Um, so we saw Tenet again, and I made the smart decision... I got a closed captioning device. <laughs> oh, wow. I got I got because the sound mix is legit that like the sound mix and the editing is to the point where it's like the dialogue is like blink and you'll miss the information and then it will literally abruptly cut to a different location like with no cooldown. Like, it'll just, like, scene's done. Okay, next, okay, next location. Um, so I'm like, and plus, like, what, what uh, Chris Stuckman said in his review, he's like, Nolan deprioritizes dialogue over sound mix and score. I'm like, that is so true. Because I saw it the first time. I'm like, yeah, give me that thing. <laughs> give me that closed captioning device. So I got it right in front of me. My friend Sage didn't even know they existed. Um... <laughs> oh god bless your heart sage um so theater man working in a theater we know it yes we know it um we've handed out plenty um so i saw it again and like it like here's the thing it's like by like uh, another friend of mine jordan she's like that was boring. I'm like, okay, I see what you mean. But, like, honestly, in my mind, I can't see how you could look at that and call it boring. If anything, the thing I would say is that it's heartless. Well, that's <laughs> and what, what I mean by what I mean by heartless. Yeah, th I mean, that, that, that is a good point. What I mean by heartless is, like, for me... I can see there's a heart there, but it's not pumping blood to anything else. Like, there's no... There's nothing going to anything else, and I can't... Like, there's... It's hard to, like, invest in every... It's hard to invest in everything if the heart's not beating. Like, they try to put a human element in there, and it just, like... It just doesn't elevate anything. And I was watching... And while I was watching those 20 minutes, those, uh, as much of Inception as I did before I had to leave that other night, I was like, that's the difference. Like, that, like, I feel like that's the thing that I'm beginning to think that Nolan is kind of losing sight of. Hmm. Like, he's getting invested in an idea so much so that he's forgetting about the narrative around it. Well, I, I, I would say I, I like to, I, I, I liked Patrick H. Wellum's uh, take that IMAX made him better. And that, um, I also find it interesting that the, that his rise basically started to topple around Dark Knight Rises. I think Dark Knight Rises is a great movie. Um, but it's obviously not what Dark Knight was, and it wasn't what Inception was or Prestige. Like he was on a he was on a fucking run. 
so he's starting to uh, love you a little bit. But Dark Knight Rises was a huge hit. They gave him enough money to make whatever he wanted. He made Interstellar. And people didn't love Interstellar the way everyone else did. And it's more cerebral, and it is about character as well as being about, like, intellect. It's about that one guy and his journey and the, his family and everything, too. Uh, and I, I think that response led him to go, okay, Tenet, I want to make another Inception-like um, action movie, but uh, I want it to be more about the idea and less about the character in a Bond way, because he loves Bond, and he... Yep. he thing about bond is it's not really about bond the character until daniel craig showed up before then it was just like here's a spy we know who he is as a person and what he'll do in a given situation let's see him go on an adventure and that's what i think he was representing here which is why he just called him protagonist he just wanted to make a bond movie he just wanted to make a a sci-fi kind of inception uh visually trippy movie that was a Bondish movie where here's a guy, he's on a mission, he's going to go. And I, get, I haven't seen the movie, I don't know what the story is, but that's always the vibe I got from it. Which was that this is a one-off, man. Just like, you're about to watch a Christopher Nolan B movie. Like, let's go with it. But like, also, he's sort of established what he's interested in the most with movies, which is the idea more than character. And how that idea can be... Um, Brought in play like the playfulness comes with what he can do with the camera now these days, but the idea is what he's really the most interested in, and the visual nature is what he plays with when he makes it. So, like at the end of the day, that's sort of like what the problem was with the prequels. If Lucas had been was skilled, if Lucas was a skilled filmmaker by the time the prequels came along, he would have been all about the CGI and the visuals and all that stuff, and probably a little about less about character than he had been in the past. Although we all kind of agree that those stories have good thematics, just maybe not great execution. Honestly, I'm different. I not to say any too much more about the prequels because that will open the can of worms. But honestly, like in recent years, I've come to appreciate *Revenge of the Sith* way more than than like any other movie in that trilogy. Like I think, I, think, people, I, yeah. I genuinely think *Revenge of the Sith* is by and above better than every other movie in that trilogy. Yes, of course. It's the best of the three. It's also the third... Like Again, there's a lot of things you can say about that in terms of the thematics and the stories and what it's leading to. That's really what the meat of Anakin Skywalker is. The decisions he made that turned him into Darth Vader, which are all interesting and very great. I also, but, I also think a lot of the expanded material, especially Clone Wars uh, Season 7, are... Yeah, I'm just talking about what Lucas... Wonders for that movie? What? Well, yes, that's down the line, yes. But, like, even for someone who hasn't seen Clone Wars, I do think Sith, and I have always thought Sith was the best for one very specific, very specific reason. Lucas had not made any movies for two decades before he made Phantom Menace. That was a bad movie. Clone Wars, I think it is a bit better, but it's not great. The third movie after you make two movies in a row will always be better for the sheer experience that you're doing stuff again. That's it. Like... He's just getting back in the footing of being a director after 20 years of not doing and two bad movies. So, like, of course the third is going to be better. It was yeah. always going to be better. Like, I've, also, was- I've also kind of come to terms that, like, the movie is more quotable than any other Star Wars movie, especially when uh, it comes to memes. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great ones in that. I mean, there's, um, there's, 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 obviously, there's obviously the greatest one ever. Hello there. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I see it to me. My favorite, my favorite is always I, sla- I slaughtered him. 
that that was that was Attack of the Clones, but yeah. I know. I'm saying my quotes usually come from Attack of the Clones, like the sand, all that yeah, stuff. Sand. I, I, I think I think that one. I think they're both terribly written. Like the "I love you" lines in the third one are just awful. But you care about them, and you know shit. I think the Sith has oh, a vibe is. about it. That gets, um, I just, I just, there, there's so much in Sith that's just so quotable, from unlimited power to, uh, to, 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 uh, have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis? Like, it's, come on, like it's. it's Do you remember the, the time when tragedy? It's the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. Oh god, remember my favorite? You remember the point when Chewbacca was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, right." Yeah, dude. No, Revenge is so quotable. It's it's so much fun to be quotable, though. That's that's all. all, all well, yeah. All I'm all I'm saying is like, the, if no, Nolan cares about the techniques, uh, both as an idea and how he plays with cinema as a filmmaker, how he goes to work and has fun. So, like, it seems like it, he picks and chooses story. Inception has a like a through line with that hero from an emotional core. You learn what you need to know about him at the same time you're learning the rules of the movie before the actual story starts and they go on their heist. Um, I, this is a movie from day one, from the first moment when he doesn't even name his goddamn main character. He's just called the protagonist. You should know, hey, this isn't really about the human, this isn't about characters, guys. We're just going to go out and have some fun. Let's do this. Yeah, that's that's ultimately I what I took away. It's like it's just that. Yeah, well, that can backfire. That to people right. who don't like action movies or don't respond to it or need more character to that stuff, they're gonna look at that, see no heart to it, and go, "That's boring." Because like that's what you did for Clueless. Remember, one thing turned you off, and you couldn't see what the movie for what it was. So like that can happen for them if they just can't get past that one idea. Then either you green eggs and ham them, or that's it. They'll never see it. And that's the problem with Nolan. He's so specific about what he likes now that he's making his audience and his fans more niche. The problem is he's one of the most famous filmmakers in the world. So he's also defining and inspiring how films look ahead of time with all of his fans. So like this kind of cerebral uh, storytelling is going to inspire a lot of people or they're going to get sick of him. And in my opinion, like he's capable of doing it. It's just not what he's interested in with this particular movie. He wanted to make a fun action movie for people. Interstellar has a heart to it. Uh, Prestige has a heart to it. Inception yep. has a heart to it. All of these movies do. Like Dark Knight, he tries to embed a lot of character to it too. But I think with this one, he was like, "Look, I actually want to make a fun action movie." After making that like really, really hard and intelligent uh, space movie about a man who cries and misses his family, so <laughs> I kind of want to make a fun action movie, man. I don't even want to name my protagonist, man. I just want to fucking have. I want people to turn on the TV one day with their big ass screens and just be like, I, "Oh, sweet, ten and I only have. I can only. I can only think of one thing whenever you say the word protagonist. And Chris, I hope you watch this because this is the best internet video ever. There, oh there, there's, there's an old Yu-Gi-Oh bridge. No, <laughs> no, not now, uh, not now. From not season now. four, where not now. Where, where, Oh, God, but it's so funny. And he, Not now. He's a full tag on this. <laughs> <laughs> Not he now. Just, he knows! He knows oh. the clue! Full tag on this. Um, so that, so that happened. Yeah. Um, you saw Tenet again. I saw Tenet again. 
Didn't think I would. I only tried. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I uh, could just go into it. I was going to bring up something that I saw on Reddit that was really interesting. But what did you we... see on Reddit, Chris? Okay, fine. From r slash ask Reddit, Leonardo DiCaprio said that he likes to think of Django Unchained, The Great Gatsby, and The Wolf of Wall Street as an unofficial trilogy about wealth and power across American history. What other unofficial trilogies are out there? Um, well, there's the one I aforementioned about, like, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, the dog. It's there, yeah, where the dog connects everything. There's, um, there's, there's another one that I'm thinking of, too. Um, there's, uh, there's huh. the, um, I know this. Uh, a ton some of some yeah. examples from the post um, that people replied. Um, someone said, Mean Girls, Heathers, and Carrie, a yep. reverse evolution of physical and interpersonal violence in school settings. That's okay. actually well said. Okay. So basically what they're doing is they're making, like, if, you, if I were to have every week at the theater a night where I could show two or three movies and I would have a theme for that night, this is what they're doing. They're, the they're like having theme nights for movies. You could say they're an official trilogy, sure, but like it's mostly about thematically what are they doing. So like you you could go as basis as like teenage uh, high school movies starring teenage girls that that are mean, like Mean Girl True. movies. True. True. Like, there's um, deeper than there's that. A, there's, there's, there's like a, there's a really interesting one that um I was reading about. Um, That's good. I like that. Yeah. No. There's. Oh God. I. Someone did reply. Oh, no, some, another person replied. Every Liam Neeson movie is just a continuous story about what happens when you fuck with Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Michael, yes. <laughs> the next one. Yeah. Dude, the next the new trailer for a new Liam Neeson. He's a yep. guy who robs chicks but falls in love and tries to give the money back, but the cops end up yeah. stealing the money and they fuck with Liam Neeson. There's, uh, there's the Cornetto trilogy. Official, like It's an unofficial mm, yeah. official trilogy. That's, yeah, that's actually the most famous one that was intentional, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so somebody asked, somebody replied to this guy. <laughs> there's, um, there's the Tarantino trilogy of Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's, somebody replied. Uh, somebody replied to the Liam Neeson Liam Neeson comment. <laughs> somebody replied, "Where does Where does Schindler's List fit in?" That theory? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I love it. At the very end, he saves people. He saves lives. Um. So you don't. Somebody answered. Your life. Some somebody answered. The Nazis tried to fuck with Liam Neeson. Dude. Right, and he charmed him out of it because the the whole point of Schindler is that he doesn't. He's not violent. He charms and manipulates everyone with his charm. Yeah. He's a dude. Schindler's list is um a share from Clueless. One hundred and ten percent. Uh. So there's a, there's, 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 a, a, there's there's also uh, there's also I got, uh, I, got I got one I got one I got one I got one. Okay. Well, the only one. Spielberg's the only, trilogy. Damn it. What is it? There's a Spielberg trilogy of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T., and War of the Worlds. That, okay. that counts, actually. Okay, so this is the only one I know off the top of my head right now. Um, John Carpenter's End of the World trilogy of In the Mouth of Madness, The Thing, and One, and They Live. Yep. That one's a big one. Um, yeah, top of my head. The only one I can think of. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Somebody... The, 
the, this, is, uh, this is really funny. <laughs> there's, um... <laughs> He's a really funny uh, Another one that I was thinking of was, um... Okay, here's one. Here's one. Yeah. The, two th the 2007 Unintended Pregnancy Trilogy of Waitress, Knocked Up, and Juno. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, there's uh, I could do movies with Roland Emmerich and movies from that era, like Deep Impact. Yeah, no. There's a ton of really interesting ones like that. Um, but yeah, I think like the biggest one is the Frankenweenie trilogy, which is uh, following the events. And actually, what's really interesting about the Frankenweenie trilogy is they all follow the same person. So the kid who's messing with necromancy reanimates his dog then he reanimates his dead wife and then he and then he's dead with his dog playing jack skellington and that the whole person it's a full life story of jack skellington i think the johnny depp character from court spride is the one that's in the other two as well like that's the main character yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's so it's frank oh, and cool. so it's frank that's and weenie with the the young kid yeah 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 then it's corpus corpse bride and then it's uh nightmare before christmas Cool. Somebody somebody named the uh, the the Nicolas Cage '90s movies of The Rock, Con Air, and Face Off, which we have mentioned, yeah, which we have all reviewed. Yes, except Con Air, except Con Air, except Con Air. Peter has never seen any of them. What? I'm so happy to show him. Okay, card. I'm gonna make a pitch to you right now, Alex. I know that the Buttercast. Or the or on this podcast known as the podcast that shall not be named, or the other podcast. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 guys, it's the Buttercast. You should go listen to them. It's the Buttercast. Go listen to the Go listen to the Buttercast. All, all nine of you listening. Um, so I still love this one, guys. <laughs> I want to make a pitch to you. I know you guys all play like I know you. I know you guys all loosely play characters. Let me be the guy in the back of the theater who just yells, okay, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> If we, here's the thing. Once we got, once we figure out how to record in a way that we can get more people in the room, we're finding space that we might be able to do this with, and we're allowing more people to come on the show and that we're able to do this. Yeah, I'd love to get you in as the guy that could yell because you yell a lot and it'd be great. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. But, like, uh, he hasn't seen any of them, and I'm like, dude, that's going to be one of the great... Oh, that's going to be the greatest uh, afternoons ever. I just showed my sister The Rock, and we had one of the strongest... It took four hours for us to watch The Rock because we were laughing at jokes we were making so hard. It was one of the greatest laughing fits I have ever had in my life. It was so good. It was so good. And I love The um, Rock. The last one I'm going to mention is uh, somebody uh, commented, uh, Collateral, Drive, and Night crawler known as the yellow light trilogy all three are neo-noirs set in la exploring its nightlife with protagonists as criminals slash sociopaths um you can absolutely add about two more with that with thief with james Kahn and the driver with um uh ryan o'neill because drive is and certainly inspired by driver but thief is the first uh la um neon noir the where the neon lights and colors the, it's it's those other movies would not exist without thief so yeah that's a really good one that's a really good one nightcrawl is fucked up man nightcrawl is fucked up okay fucked here's up. the last one here's the last one i'm gonna mention somebody else commented um 
quote, I'm not sure what the third movie would be, but for some reason I always think of There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men as a unit. I'm not sure why, but anytime one comes up, I immediately think of the other. Well, first of all, they do, um, they look a lot alike. They also were, uh, came out the same year and up for Best Picture and were probably the two biggest contenders of that year. Um, if I were to add a third one there, uh, I would just say for... Um, no, I love gangs. I really do, but I, think I don't think... of all those think... movies together in the same function. They don't, they don't... First of all, I've seen gangs recently, and There Will Be Blood recently, but, um, not... All, no Country, but the whole point is that they're, like, westerns. No Country and There Will Be Blood are technically deserty westerns, whereas, like, uh, I feel like Gangs of New York is a better fall, um, winter movie. Just, it's just beautiful. Plus, a lot, it's, it starts in winter, but, um... I would say maybe something like uh, um, Sicario. Maybe something like um, that, uh, about, um, that. What was that one remake? That's a good call. That's True a good call. Grit. True Grit. True Grit. True Grit, sure. Yeah. Okay. I would take True Grit. That's a pretty good Western. Um, also by the you Coen can, brothers. You can pick which one, the old one or the new one. They're both. No, the new, the new one. Would, the whole point is the new one looks more like it. Um, but I would also say, uh, God, um, there was. It was Chris Pine and Ben Foster. They were bank robbers. And um, uh, Jeff Bridges is fronting around on there, too. It was a really good one. Uh, um, a couple Westerns. Maybe Bone Tomahawk. I don't know. But those two movies in particular coming out the same year and being very uh, deserty are why they both look the same and feel the same. And they're both dark as hell. They're nihilistic movies. There Will Be Blood has more of a tongue and cheek to it, but No Country for Old Men is a brilliant movie. It's both of them are brilliant, but No Country is on another level. It's brilliant. Yeah, that movie is really, yeah. really good. We'll get to that, Chris, but it's a hard... You know what? You know what? You know what, what Chris? Chris, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there because it's kind of a Western, but not really. Just the, the random third in this is Fury Road. Okay. All right. Fury Road kind of counts. Fury Road kind of counts. Yeah. It's kind of counts. Uh, it's, it's, it's much faster than the other two. No, I know. Very, I'm, just, I'm just trying yeah. to be funny. I know. Uh, yeah, say Bone Tomahawk for me. I would go Bone Tomahawk. That I, would I be my accept Bone Tomahawk. It's beautifully written, great dialogue, a great western with good characters, and the last one is disgusting. Disgusting. Gross as hell. It's so okay. gross. Absolute last one that we can go on to the main event. Sweet. This is, the story this is one that I actually agree with. So part one. Sorry. This one has to do with Jim Carrey. Part oh, one. Okay. Ace Ventura, Me, Myself, and Irene, The Cable Guy. Yes. Jim Carrey plays a single character going through multiple phases of a mental breakdown, manic behavior, multiple personality disorder, clinical depression, and schizophrenia. Part two. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, The Truman Show, Bruce Almighty. The subject breaks down further, disassociates from his past, and enters a reality that, that at first is created for him but later by him as he but later by him as he eventually becomes god i would end it on the number 23 and you got a winner <laughs> he literally goes around and starts murdering people and doesn't know it yeah like he's he's the spoiler for the number 23 which you really shouldn't watch unless you, you know can take it uh he's the he's the bad guy of that movie he breaks yeah, that he has oh you mean the cable guy i've seen cable guy no 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 i mean the number 23 oh 
in the number 23, it's a dark movie made by Joel Schumacher, where where he's ser- on the search for a serial killer or a murderer who uh, through a diary. And the number 23 gets obsessed with the number 23. And spoilers, it turns out it's him. <laughs> that, you know um, why that's not on the list? Nobody fucking watched it. And I feel bad. It's not great. All right. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. I, that was real fun. I have to admit. That was really fun. That was fun. That was fun. All right. Movies are fun, guys. Guess what? Movies are fun. It's good that we get that out of the way now. Considering we're about to enter, like, maybe what is potentially a gladiatorial arena. I don't Why? think it's gladiatorial. We'll see. Nacho Libre was the movie the Curiosity Wheel chose. Who put it on? You, you put it on? I put it on. I, this was me. This was me. Because I had not seen it in a while. And I wanted to know how it held up as an adult. See? Alex. No. See? Who is Jared Hess? Ah, oh, Jared Hess. Uh, well, Jared Hess is a uh, very young, still pretty young filmmaker who... Uh, Broke onto the scene with his film Napoleon Dynamite, which is actually based off a short that he made. Oh, uh, classic. classic. I still think it's great. I think it holds up wonderfully. This was the second movie he made after that. He came uh, to Jack Black with the idea, and then Jack Black, having already worked with Mike White on two other films, Orange County and School of Rock, came together, and they all pitched this idea and got it together. Um Jared Hess has gone on to make a few other films of not great success, Gentleman Broncos and uh, Mastermind. Uh, he's very good with cast, and he has a great... He, I, I, in, the, in the process of learning about Nacho Libre, Jack Black talked about Jared Hess and said... Uh, someone asked, was that improv or love the scripts? How did you think of those deliveries? And he goes, my character in the voice that I make um, is 110% an impression of the director, Jared Hess. Jared Hess gives some of the best line delivery he's ever heard in his life. He's like, I would just sit there at, between takes and be like, okay, line. And he would just listen to this guy. He's like, why don't you ever get in front of the camera? Why You're one of the funniest people I know. Like, I just sit here and listen to you. All of the great line deliveries in this movie or in any of the movies are Jared Hess. They're all from him. So like, I, even though I think his movies have problems, the, he is obviously in touch with how characters can be funny vocally and verbally. Like he's just, he's got another rhythm to him, not just visually, but like the way he speaks, which I love. But his movies haven't done great. I think Masterminds is okay. And I haven't seen Gentleman Broncos in a long time, but he's still working and he's working on TV now. And he is a great filmmaker. I think it's just, his films have like, I think they're too weird and too kitschy for people. I, I think he, he's trying to balance his distinct world building and character uh, development with slapstick, like old, old, structured, mediocre slapstick jokes. I think it's here in Libre, too, that I think take the fun out of everything. When the movie is about the story and the character of Nacho, it's great, but when it starts to deviate to like the jokes of the montage or like him take going to like, and he's like, let's go find some people. My friends will beat you up when you take her out on a date. I'm like, what? Why? Why are we doing this right now? 
what what does this even matter? This doesn't mean anything. This is just you're wasting my time. What are we doing? Like, I just found that happening so often within the film. I was like, that's when it takes me out of the film. But I love I love this film to be honest. And upon the second watch, the, the, on the second watch, those problems become more apparent. And then it makes me wonder if those elements become worse in his other movies and why people don't respond to him. But he, this is, movie is based off of a true story about yes. a real priest uh, in Mexico City that did this. And I think he did it all the way up to 2011. He was yes. a priest who was also a luchador. And mm-hmm. he was famous for it. He um, sold his rights for a movie in 1991. Uh, a fr- it was a French movie. It starred Jean Renault and uh, Marley Matlin. I watched it. Uh, and it is this, it's the same story. The real priest took that money and he built a church, another church, and then they sold the rights for Nacho Libre and he went off and he built another church. So he's just living off it, man. He's just, he's great. But I did watch the French one, but here's the funny thing. The only way that I could watch this movie, which is called the man with the golden mask, which in that movie, he's the one with the golden mask, not Ramsey's. Um, he, uh, I watched it on YouTube. This is the only way I can find it. Uh, it's a French movie, so it's all in French, but it's set in Mexico City where everyone speaks French, and there were no subtitles. So I couldn't find any plot of the movie. I could only just watch the movie knowing Nacho Libre and the story of this guy in real life. So it was fine. But the, in that movie, <laughs> it was super weird. But in that movie, um, he is already a luchador and a priest at the beginning he is both openly all of the the he runs his church he's not a cook he runs it he's the priest there so uh, he he has a little ring and he teaches the kid how, kids how to wrestle like everyone knows it and they're super cool with it it's just he needs the money to build a better church the movie is about how he finds a plot a land with a broken down church that he wants to rebuild and he's trying to make the money to do it people help him and at the very end they do it that's it the only conflict is whether or not they can succeed no one it's not a secret no one cares he's just a luchador who's also a priest and that's how he makes his money and it doesn't even he's way the passion of that movie is him building the church not him being a luchador it just opens and you're like oh he's just a guy that loves luchadors like it's not even a big deal it's just like yeah i love i love it and i'm good at it and i like to do it and that's how i make my money i'm also a priest and the movie's about how he finds this plot and like that's when he gets inspired. He's like, oh, this, I'm going to build, he draws the church immediately. He's like, I'm going to build, it's all he cares about is getting this land for the orphans, which they do need. And I'm happy by the end of the movie that they get it. But there's no real conflict other than whether or not they're going to succeed. And yeah, like they're totally going to succeed. It just takes time. That's really all, all it is. He just wrestles until he gets enough money to you know, buy the land and build it. And then people help him build it he's a super nice guy like that's it's one of the most easygoing movies i've ever seen in my life it's like what what if there was no conflict and you just watched a guy try to achieve his goals through interesting odd means and he's you know a good guy that's all it is it was super weird uh but in this movie it's entirely different i do think the elements are interesting and i do think they work uh i saw a video of a guy pointing out a lot of things that he loved about it but he also was like this is one of the greatest superhero movies and i was like yeah to a certain extent it is uh and i i do love his journey i think all these elements work like uh, the character of nacho is pretty great i do i do think he's great i think the friendship between him and the other guy is awesome i love how they both believe in different (laughs) 
I like I love how one's science, one's God, and yet they're still best friends and partners. And like yep. that's awesome. They support each other. It's never a conflict. It's just a thing that they say to each other when they want to be mean. Uh, but it's never. It's not really a big deal. I, 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 I there's so many things I liked about this. Really, honestly. Um, but yeah, like Jared has. This was his last like truly kind of successful movie. Mostly put it on Jack Black, but Jack Black's sense has been like a lot of it is Jared. Um, and I agree. I think this movie is beautiful looking. I think it's really well done. I just think when it deviates to slapstick that it just loses focus. And that's that's it. Um, he said, like, I suggest people check out his movies. They're not great, but like, if you want to see good comedy and okay films, films that have moments in them, Masterminds and Gentleman Broncos have those elements there. Okay, so... When I was did watching well. the movie, yes. I'm just saying the movie did well. Like, Rancho Libro did all right. Yes. Um, when I was watching this, I had, like, like the opposite effect of what Clueless did last week, or last episode. I got just a wave of nostalgia. Mm. Just that just came over me. Just, like, as soon as the open, as soon as the movie opened and that, and, uh, 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 I'm a, I'm a religious man starts playing. I'm like, oh, I forgot how much I love this movie as a kid. Oh, so man. For, for you, this was, for me, what Clueless was. Every time I hear kids in America, I'm like, I'm watching Clueless in 1996. I'm back in 1996. In fact, yeah, Clueless is 1996 for me, and this is 2006 for me. So we're 10 years apart in the nostalgia that we experienced. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the wheels are sentient. I'm telling you. <laughs> they are sentient. Bananas, man. That's crazy. They are alive. Don't, don't get somewhere yet, Chris. You still haven't heard my opinion. They, no. I'm not even... No, not even... Hold on. Like, You're just gonna tangent, be these wheels are alive. Okay? Like, the curiosity and the good wheel and the bad wheel, they're all working together to put us into odd... Coincident, coincidental scenarios that yeah. make us question what is real and what is not. That is their entire goal. Because, like, how do you get, like, Alex's, like, nostalgia movie in the Curiosity Wheel, and then one of my nostalgia movies in the second wheel, and then, and then like, I have a meltdown for Clueless, and then now I have a wave of nostalgia, and now Zach's about to have the meltdown. Yeah. Am I about to have the meltdown? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Am I, Chris? No? How does it do that? <laughs> Machines are alive, and they are trying to kill us. That's what the Matrix showed us. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just saying they're alive. So, um... I also think this movie's great, and the, the reason that I think that it's great is because it's like, for me, it was kind of relatable. I was like, this, okay, Nacho has got to be simultaneously the most awkward and the weirdest man alive. Like, <laughs> he just, like, just... <laughs> So, there's a moment where he goes, where he, where, um, Encarnacion 
is uh is at is at the uh, orphanage now, and his way of like engaging with her is to slide toast underneath the door, and then when she opens the door, he's all wide eyed, and he's like, and he's just like, <laughs> and then they just awkwardly stare at each other while eating toast in her bedroom. <laughs> Well, and I then he talks he... about his parents. He talks about his parents. And he's just like, yeah, uh, mom was this. Mom was Scandinavian. Dad was Mexican. They tried to convert each other, but then they got married and they died. And then he just like takes the photo away and then sticks it down his shirt. Uh, yeah, his, I know. His... <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's what I find. Here's what I find interesting about that. It actually starts with him walking up to her first and asking her if she wants to have toast. He just walks right up, and she's like, I'll be with you. He's like, anyways, it's, like, <laughs> super weird. I agree, but, like, he he pushes it, but he's not pushy. Like, the other right. guy is with her, but, like, he gives her the toast as if saying, like, even though you didn't say yes, here's the toast. How he does it is super weird and funny. And then when she opens the door, he's more shocked than anything else. He doesn't push to be like, can I come in? She offers and invites him in. And then, yeah, they basically have a little date. They have a little moment. Yeah. And it's like, I like all he wanted it to happen. Like, he wants, he has the ability to make things happen. But he's also, yeah, a weird, a weird kid that was raised by monks. He was weird before those monks got to him. But, like, no one supported him. So he just got in his own little world. Um, I do like from that from that scene that her favorite color is light tan. I, I had to pause the movie. I thought that was, that was, that oh, that and was so funny. Oh, and their favorite animals. Favorite animal is poopies. <laughs> I'd stop the movie when she said like Dan. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> anyway. Well, there's a lot of it around it's the desert. Like she basically just stated the, the color palette of the movie. Any anyway. Um so it's a, gorgeous. Yes. This movie this movie is gorgeous. It's just like um, I was actually surprised by that. I was just like, they like they're not like this. Like the camera doesn't play to the third. Doesn't play by the rule of thirds. Um, and like the the, the character is like like frayed perfectly in the middle of the of the shot, and they're shots. and they're looking and they're looking off and like to me after watching all the movies that we have that kind of was like uncanny. You know, having like shot and reverse shots like that, like, Very like that being normal in a movie. Um, I was like, okay, and then like, yeah. Like, overall, I was surprised by how good this the movie looked to me. Um, it's a re it's it's a movie about wrestling, so obviously it appealed to me. Um, it did do a lot of it did do a lot of cross. This movie also did a lot of cross promotion. With like real movies, where like Jack Black actually like got into a wrestling match to promote the movie, and somehow something happened to him where it caused a three month delay in the production. <laughs> um, yeah, he, got, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. Um, he did do. I don't know how much research you did, Alex, but from what I could tell, he did a lot of like moves and stunts from what i could tell at least yeah, in the at least in the ring 
No, he did a lot of them. He, he cut it. the most serious incident he had in the ring shooting was he was doing that eagle dive. Right. And he landed, and he landed wrong and he cut his he cut his eye open. And he tells a funny story about how they were like, well, since he's an actor and it's his face, we should get a plastic surgeon doctor to fix it. And they were in the middle of Mexico, and apparently this like beautiful Mexican doctor came in in a gown, like a like a gown dress, and fixed his eye because they called her in from from a, a, an evening event. But they were like offering so much money, and she was the best that she was like, yeah, sure. Um. <laughs> yes. <yeah, so laughs> um. I do enjoy the story of Nacho, like. It's somebody who, like, he is, he has this desire to do something, and, like, religious conformities are, like, in the way of that. And and I've always kind of enjoyed stories like that, um, obviously. Um, And so, like, because, like, for me personally, it it kind of applies if I'm getting real here it's just like sometimes like when i'm having when i'm in a down moment i start to think it's like like if when you're in church if you're not a musician a teacher or like if you're not or if you're not good with kids you're nothing so like why am i in movies sometimes and like it's like stories like nacho that really just like it's like movies like nacho that really just like like bring me back up it's just like Cause yeah, cause like in this movie, like wrestling is like heresy. Heresy. We gotta get to that. We gotta get to Man of Steel. Um, we, so we will. We will eventually. We will. Um, but um, so like yeah, like this mo- like this movie is just like, like to me, just like packed an emotional punch that just like I really just didn't. Like, see, I guess that's kind of why it appealed to me. As a kid, it's just like, he's just super awkward. He's super weird. He has a goal. It's against conformity. And he get, and he achieves it. Like, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's awesome. Here's this weird, like, here's this weird, awkward guy. And he's trying to do something nice and he it's like it's again and like yeah so um <laughs> to point <laughs> a few more things like a few more points the, where in the towards the beginning when he when uh nacho he's like i let her go and uh he turns back and then he just full-on like runs off the road <laughs> scooter goes flying <laughs> all right now <laughs> Like, okay, I don't like the slapstick. I could see, like, the problem with, like, the slapstick kind of derailing from the story. But, like, for me and my personal taste, like, the slapstick I thought was kind of funny at times. Oh, <laughs> like, really that, funny. That, that moment's fine. I have no problem with that moment. It's, like, um, it's when he goes to see the the man who's sick. That's yes. just, like, that's a good yes. two, two, three minutes you don't need. Where, like, it would if you, the whole point is those moments are there to be, Moments of levity without plot. They're just supposed to be silly right. world-building moments. But they don't work as strongly as the character and plot-driven stuff. Is I, all. I'll, I'll like that's, that. that's all I'm kind of noticing. Like, 
I they just don't work for me as well as the conversation between right. her and him with Toast or um, all of the moments between him and the other dude. Like, there's so many things that this movie's a love. It's just a little nitpick that I have. That oh, the, I've watched it three times this week. I'm watching it again right now for the second time <laughs> as we're recording this. So it's just the things that are popping up now that I get interested in when people no longer talk about Jared Hess anymore. They just don't. He's just not in the comedy conversation. He's building his way back up through TV because nobody liked his last three movies. And it's like, what happened? And it's probably because I don't think he balances that stuff well. I think he does have good character and story stuff. And if the story's not good, then he's screwed. I don't know. Uh, sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. But, like, it's just random non-plot or character-based slapstick is weaker than the slapstick that actually does involve story. Like, all the right. fights are just gags after gags after gags that are well done. I really love the wrestling matches. They're all great. They all look great. They all move great. Yeah, I, that slapstick is fantastic. Him driving and then falling off the road, that's quick. That's a five-second joke, and I love it. That's great. Yeah, sure. I have no problem with that. It proves that he can take a hit and that, he, that he's fine. But that's all you need. That's But you don't spend, like, the moment that he's, like, I want her to see how strong I am. Invite her to a match. I can't. And it's like, oh, well, how about we take her out and I have my friends beat you up. I'm like, what are we? What's going on right now? Is this a sitcom? <laughs> I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that one. I thought, it's like, come on. I, I was like, I, how is she dumb enough to not see what's going on? Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, we got the nucleus line, which is fantastic. And we got the butt clench, which is, like, amazing. But, that you know. That's great. <laughs> That's it. Those moments are funny, but it's not like that's still like you're taking a lot of because this movie has it goes at a slow pace and you have to sit and simmer, simmer with a lot of these jokes to sit and get the gold. This, this isn't a fast paced movie. So when right. they waste time, in my opinion, on stuff like that, it's like, oh, these two, three minute jokes feel like they're 15 minutes. Like, I don't care about him going on. First of all, she's a nun and you can't date her. It's not a date. Second of all, like this isn't going to go well. We all know what's going to happen. You're going to accidentally fight real people, uh, or they're going to be like, it's not going to be. It's going to. It's not going to do anything. Maybe it'll lead to the story. Maybe it'll lead to them having more shenanigans or problems at the church for reasons to kick him out later. But it doesn't. It's just she doesn't. She never mentions it again. No one ever talks about it again. So it's like I get the shtick, but like it doesn't do anything for any. Like let's get past this. Yeah. Um, speaking of when he left the church, like that speech after he gets lit on fire, it's great. Um, like you don't need him. That was a. I'm not gonna lie. I I was like, oh man, I forgot how good that performance was. That was actually kind of earned to me. Like, dang, I where'd that come from? I love that moment. I love that speech. And it's great, but I again, like, why does he go out in the wilderness for a while? That's like, it doesn't right, do anything. right. Like, you don't need that stuff. That was my thing. I'm like, okay, this is too much. When he's like, go, I have to go into the wilderness, probably to die. I'm like, what? <laughs> just say yeah. you're leaving, right? Just say exactly. you're like, just say you're like, um, like. Walking down the road in his pants, and then like someone passes him by and, and spills some mud on him or something. And then his friend drives up, then and he's like, Hey man, the other guy can't do it because I ran over his foot. Let's go. Like, <laughs> it could have been real rather than us like following him, walking around, and then he goes out and he's building a fight. Like, come on, man, speed this up. We know what's going to happen. We know the other guy's not going to fight, so let's go. Like, 
that's just the kind of thing where I was like, yeah, that's weird. Like, this stuff isn't as strong as the everything else. There's so many strong things here. When he's when he steals stuff, the visual bit of him stealing stuff, fantastic. I love I it. Do, I do like that moment where he tells him that he ran over that he like, that he ran over his foot because first off, it like it shows because like to me at least for me it shows like um, he's like yeah that big guy he's not gonna make it and then we see the flashback he's just like like he's like I like how he's like um um Esqueleto is like I don't like I don't like orphans he said it when he, I know he said it when he was in a fit of rage but like. But then to see, then for him to see like an orphan beg this big guy for food, and then the big guy's like, "No, don't you take my bread!" And then he's wrestling with this kid, and then he's just like, "Screw this guy!" And he runs over his foot. <laughs> First of all, I'm going to say two things to that. A, um, I believe him when he says he doesn't care about orphans. He was totally stealing their chips and didn't give a shit. And B, uh, I really never thought about the fact that him staring at the guy stealing food from the kid, the orphan. Yeah, that's a good call, man. I never noticed that. Yeah, that's a good point. I never like, came to mind. It was just such a, it's just a like it showed so much like like it it did that was like a lot of character work and just like bam like right there. It's just like uh, yeah. I don't like orphans, but then he sees an orphan struggling with this massive hulking man and he runs over his toe. Well, he did the same thing at the beginning of the movie. He's watching a guy steal food from an orphan, and he's like, dude, like, no, they're orphans. What the fuck are you doing? And he and he does the right thing. Like, yeah, absolutely, good fucking call, man. Also, there also Esqueleto throwing that 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 stick of uh, corn into that guy's eye. <laughs> it was such a gnarly. That was surprisingly gnarly. That's a great moment. Yeah, I, the fact that you don't see the end is fantastic. You're like, yeah, it's because he stuck a corn in his eye. A guy is now blind because of him. He was brutal, man. He was brutal, but he lived on the streets before he was a luchador. Man, that guy don't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> he soaks, man. He makes his own costumes, dude. Right. That awesome. Um, so uh we've 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 been belating this for a bit. We okay, have so. we have. Um Zach, Zach, what did you think about Zach? Zach wake up. I'm we here. Have to, we have we have we okay. have to we have uh we've gushed on long enough. I don't think we're done, but I think we've gone on long enough without um hearing the other side. So I give you the floor, I mute my mic, go. So, here's the thing. I went into this movie 99.99999% sure I was going to absolutely hate this movie. But, (gasps) it wasn't as bad as I remembered. I'll take that as a win. We win. He's throwing a parade outside my house right now. Like it's just him. Like there's nobody else there. The the parade is over. It was only three seconds. Go home. Go home. I am home. Spinning the goddamn thing. Go home. Zach, goofy continue. in your goofy costume. Go home. <laughs> continue. Uh, yes, that's awesome. Uh, I thought I thought that was gonna be the case that you would watch it and be like, "It's not." This isn't bad, it's I, I want to emphasize though that I still am not wild about this movie. Go on. But 
there is some humor and there's some fun to it. I can see that for sure. And what did, oh, what? sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say what you go ahead. And um, I I maybe it's just like I don't like Jack Black and slapstick like 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 this movie as much. Like I I prefer him in more slaps and stuff similar to like School of Rock or Jumanji or you know other stuff I like what. Do you think this is a little bit too much for him? Yeah. And, you know, and I told you about this. I was like, I still, like, think this is Jack Black's worst movie. Not even a question. Bullshit. Go on. Bullshit, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is not the worst thing he's been in. I'm going to go through Jack Black's career here in a little bit, but, like... This is not the worst lead Jack Black movie. No, no, not by a mile. This is quotable. First of all, this is beautiful and it's extremely quotable. Can you name one fucking thing that happens in Gulliver's Travels? No. Have you seen Envy? Have you seen Envy? Stiller? No. I'm, I'm gonna let you guys go. That's I'm gonna let you I guys <laughs> go at it. Like I pers- this is from my personal opinion. I think you need to watch more Jack Black movies because it's not the worst thing he has been in. Honestly. But, what? Like honestly. But um, I don't know. Like I think it's not as bad. It it was fun. But I don't know. I just like maybe don't like Jack Black as much with the slapstick stuff. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna pull up this thing here on IMDb and to, uh, just to help uh, me go down this. So this, so let let's just talk about Jack Black's career for a little bit for a second, please, because I because I did th- I did want to ask like. Um... Did he make Tenacious D like before or after this? Okay, so here here's I'm gonna talk about Tenacious D separately, but and then I'll talk about how his career went. So Tenacious okay, D okay, okay. just as a band has had an HBO series, a movie, many successful world tours, a famous and uh, Grammy nominated album. Uh, and I think I that's about it. They've pretty much done anything you could ever do as a band. Wait for it. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um. So, uh, everything you could do as a band, but they were um they started in the early '90s, built up uh. Um, cred through comedy clubs, and that's what got him high fidelity. There is the movie Biodome as Tenacious D, but and that's in the mid 90s. But um, they made their HBO show in the late 90s after working with Mr. Show, and then he got through that uh gig, he got through the early days of Tenacious D, high fidelity. High fidelity is a breakout performance for him. And he no longer had to audition for roles. They were offering him a fairy, a fairly brothers movie. That's how he got Shallow House. And eventually, after Shallow House, he is his friend Mike White um, got involved with a movie called Orange County, which he wrote, he directed, 
and uh, met Jack Black uh, through other people and wrote a part for him, and that's how he got to Orange County. That eventually led to School of Rock. And then he um, was in King Kong, and uh, after that, he could do whatever he wanted. And that's when he made the Canadian C movie, which did not do as well as he thought. And uh, that then, like, around 2008, is when both Thunder and Kung Fu Panda happened. And Yeet. Since, and he has other roles in there that are amazing. Like, I love A Big Year. I think he's fantastic in A Big Year. I think The Holiday is a so- solid Christmas romantic comedy. He plays against Kate Winslet, and he's great. Um, and uh, Bernie, the, uh, Richard Linklater's Bernie, where he plays the, the it's a mockumentary, mockumentary based off a real guy who killed a woman. And he plays that guy, and he plays it wonderfully. Matthew McConaughey's in it. It's a fantastic movie. It's so so good. Everyone should see it. Um, so let's let's look at let's see here. What might be the worst thing he's ever been in? So let's see here. Um, so he's also in Cable Guy. The okay. So he's in Mars. Oh, Attack he was. Well. Oh. <laughs> On water, uh, he's in. I still know what you did last summer. That's why he's an enemy of the state. Um, he's in a lot of movies, but High Fidel is when he breaks out. He's in Saving Silverman. That's right. Shallow How, Orange County, Ice Age. He's in Ice Age. Um, God. He gets School of Rock in two thousand three. Um, Envy in two thousand four, which I honestly think is terrible. Shark's Tale in two thousand four, which is also terrible. Oh, oh that's uh, right, he was a shark. <laughs> he did King Kong in two thousand five, Nacho Libre in two thousand six, Pick of Destiny in two thousand six. So two thousand, uh, the holiday in two thousand six. Two thousand six was a big year for Jack Black. Holy shit! Uh, Margot at the wedding is really good. Um, Be kind, rewind. Be kind, rewind is a very good movie. Kung Fu Panda, Tropic Thunder. Um, Let's see. Uh, year one is not great. Year one is not great. I'm gonna actually say that's a really that's not a favorite for me. That's bad. What's in there with envy? Um, Gulliver's Travels is not great. That's pretty bad. I love Bernie. I love a good year. Kung Fu Panda two. Um, let's see. Didn't make a movie for a long time. Yeah, there's like a large gap in there where he just. Yeah, he had his kid then, and he was uh, uh, making the rock opera then. In 2015, he does the D Train, which uh, I haven't seen, but I hear is okay. Just not a lot of people watched it. The Brink TV show that did not go on because Ballers uh, was chose over it. Then he did Kung Fu Panda 3, Polka King, which came out in 2017 on Netflix. Um, Jumanji in 2017, too. So he had two movies in 2017. Um, then the house, the clock, the house, the clock in the walls, the Goosebumps movies, then the second Jumanji, and then he's planning on either getting a TV show or narrowing his movies down because he wants to stay with his kids. And he has, yes, he has the YouTube channel, but all the YouTube channel is is literally him hanging out with his kids. It's it's so good. It's like he's just a good dad. He plays a lot of video games on it too. He, yeah, but that's because his kids play love video games. He loves video games too. If you watch it with him, it's great. But he, he mostly just plays them because that's what his kids want him to do. His kids make the channel. They, they do a lot with it. It's just a way for him to play with his kid. There's a, there, he shaved his head recently in one video. It's one of the best things I've ever seen Jack Black do. It was so sweet. He makes a video of him just shaving his head quietly in a chair. 
He's just shaving everything, like the beard. Every, it's taking a bit, and it's just a thing to do. And um, his son, his youngest son, walks in, and he sees his dad doing this. And he's also doing it kind of janky, so his like hair looks stupid right now because he's shaving at weird places. And his son walks in, and he just has the biggest smile on his face, watching his dad shave his head. And then Jack Black looks at his son, and he gives one of the most dad laughs I've ever heard in my life. Has the biggest <laughs> smile on his face. And then just, it's silent again. I'm like, that was the most father-son moment I've ever seen in my life. It was so sweet. Like, that's all he's doing. He's just making a fun YouTube channel with a kid. But, yeah, I would say Envy, Gulliver's Travel, and Year One. Oh, Gulliver's Travels! Jesus! Yeah, the movie's terrible. Bro! It's just How is this worse? Yeah, dude. I genuinely think it's worse, but that's just me. Envy is a out. Envy is a movie. In fairness, that is, I've never seen Envy, so I don't know. Envy is really bad. It's unfunny. There's the one thing to be boring. It's another thing to be like going for it and unfunny. And that okay, envy, like, okay. So how unfunny is it? Are we talking like Envy is about uh how Ben Aff, uh, I'm sorry, Ben Stiller and Jack Black are friends. They, um, they're both adventures of some kind of way, but Jack Black invents a way to like get rid of poop on people's lawn with a spray. It makes him incredibly famous, and but he's also a, like just a weird, annoying guy, like a what about Bob kind of situation where like he's just annoying in every single way possible. And he keeps buying ridiculous stuff. He wears ridiculous outfits, wigs, does weird things, and Ben Stiller is envious of his money because he was part of that thing, and so he starts to. Um, I guess fuck his life over because he's envious. It's a kind of a mean spirited movie. I don't like it. It's not good. I, uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember watching it being like, like he may, like, dude, he's just he's a nice guy to you and he's got money. Why are you being a dick to him? I just never got it. Same with Gulliver for me with Gulliver's Travel, I saw like five minutes of it. I'm like, nope, this ain't it, Chief. This ain't it, Chief. Like he's just like he's just like joking with these tiny little people. I'm like Nope, I've seen Night of the Museum. I've already seen this. <laughs> um, yes, I do. I do think it's the quality of Night of the Museum. Knowing Jack Black as a family man, knowing him as like the guy who wants to make kids movies every now and then, I think it fits in that caliber. But I also think it's kind of boring and lazy in that respect. And it's probably because he can't improvise and he can't do a lot of crazy stuff and he can't be himself he has to stick to this script and really act because he's acting to other people's like green screen and other people's footage and it's so te it's such a technical movie of him being part right. of to he be fair also things. we kind of know he can follow a script because you i remember him bring i remember him being pretty good in king kong he was great no, in king he, kong. he was well, one of the best parts of king kong he can, yes. He is a legitimate actor. He's been legitimate acting for you. Everything before High Fidelity, like, he did He did a bunch of shit. Like, he's acting legitimately. It was Tenacious D that got him the roles that people were like, oh, you are a, you are a force of nature, Jack Black. We just need to find the right means to let you go crazy. Yeah. But then also, when you look at School of Rock, he talks about how he workshopped all of those scenes. With the, like, that's the most pure thing for him. It yeah. was totally tailored around him, but he also was a part of like each scene and how they were built and how they worked. Like they worked very hard on creating the environment that would allow him to do something that was half improvised. Also, half also to point out, and this is actually one of my favorite things that Jack Black's ever done, 
is, and personally, this is just one of my favorite movies ever, is um, Tropic Thunder. Well, okay, so that's the thing about Tropic Thunder when it uh, that I love. Like he is on he. It's a basically an all star extensive blockbuster comedy. Like at, like those three guys are a big deal at that time. Um, and he, even he is like, I felt awkward, but it was hard. Like, I thought comedies was supposed to be simple and easy. He's like, we went to work there. We trudged through the jungle there. It was like Apocalypse Now in certain ways, uh, which I, all of that I find really funny. But uh, yeah, I and but I, I genuinely think uh, like King Kong, best movie. He's so good in it. He, he him cool acting. He, what? School of Rock. School of Rock's very good too. I like him more in King Kong, but he's much more toned down in King Kong, where he's just playing a douche, basically. Well, I, he's playing a genuine person, whereas yes. everything he done, the, at least the three biggest things that he had done before then, highlighted well, a character that was some kind of like High Fidelity, Orange County, and School of Rock all highlight a guy that's kind of a jerk but incredibly lovable and yes. has to be crazy out there, where like a Jim Carrey role. Whereas King Kong puts him in a more serious role. But the thing that helps King Kong a lot, and he said this too, is that A, he loves Peter Jackson, his wife, and their writing partner, and how they all saw things. And B, I, he got I to work with Kong. I think Kong he again. acts across Naomi Watts and Adrian Brody so well in that movie. Like He says it himself, it's Colin Hanks. Because they, both of them had done Orange County before, that's also why Colin Hanks got cast. That their, that their partnership of being like... Because in Orange County, he's an absolute asshole like stoner yeah and colin hanks is the serious guy and in this movie they're both playing human beings He's like if colin hanks wasn't there to support me and and let people know that i could do this and we and us creating that uh relationship in the first movie i never would have had the confidence to make some of the choices that i did and it's like and the other person was just peter jackson trusting me and letting me do certain things and believing that i could do it and them wanting to me to be in the movie um so yeah, he, he the yeah, next time he I, that kind of uncertainty was Jumanji. He said, "I yeah, dude, I I think uh, personally, I think that whole cast was just fantastic. Not even a question." I yeah, I mean, I think I I mean, you can look all the way down to like the Kevin Parks and the you know and the John Summers and the the whoever's the, the, who gives a shit about, and they're still acting so good. I I I mean I. I, mean, I like Chandler. Him. I love Kyle Chandler in that movie. He's such a douche. I, but at the end of the day, he's kind of a hero. I think Kyle, I think, well, no, he's an asshole at the end. Um, I would say uh, um, that because he goes on stage and he performs yeah. anyway. Whereas no, yeah. Nail the West does not. I, I think Agent Brody was uh, miscast. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone else is really great. And I do like that movie. We did an episode on it. But I, at the end of the day, for me, when it comes to Jack Black and his serious roles, Bernie. Bernie, it will always be my favorite. It's so good. He's so good in it. And my favorite Jack Black movie is School of Rock for sure. And then my favorite side Jack Black movie, as much as I want it to be High Fidelity, where he's the side character that, that excels, I love that movie. Well, I, I love Tropic Thunder too. I just think he's too he's even too small in Tropic Thunder for me. Yeah. Um it's Orange County. Orange County. Like yeah. uh, Orange County is really good. Uh 
High Fidelity is too little, but I love that movie. Tropic Thunder, everyone is going well in that. Danny McBride is in that movie. Like everyone is doing amazing in that movie. He is. Uh, he, he. I often forget about Jack Black when I watch Tropic Thunder because I'm so excited at Robert Downey Jr. and um, Jay Barishaw, Danny McBride, playing a black guy. Playing a black guy. Fucking love that movie. A white guy it's playing crazy. an Australian guy playing a black guy. I just I, I, can't I, give up. It, it just everything about that is wrong, but so right. <laughs> so perfect. Uh, I, I I think my favorite thing about Jack Black in the movie is he does not really. I don't really respond to him until he's tied up to the tree and makes that wonderful monologue about how we suck dick for drugs. And then I think after that he's fantastic. I love him. Like his character, he shines with everyone else. But it isn't until that moment that I start to respond to him as a character uh and it sucks because there's so many other crazy things going on in that movie like just this simple jack shit is amazing like topic thunder is fantastic but um in terms of him just being the thing that he's amazing in as the side <clears throat> character i i think it's too little and high fidelity he's overpowered in tropic thunder orange county dude orange county is like the best side performance not many people watch it enough and he is fantastic he's a force of nature in that movie it's, yeah I, I I don't know, man. Like it, so you know, the, I love Jack Black. I do. It's just like there there's so many different things about him. Like you gotta you gotta like wanna watch him for certain roles, and I don't know. I just like didn't feel him on this one. He is turning into someone that whenever I see him in anything, I kind of want to watch him in something else immediately after. I saw the big year again, which is not a great movie, but it's like a perfect dad movie. So, so like, so like every time I, like every time I see anything of him, I want to just go back to like the movies of him that I love, like Tropic Thunder, Kong, yeah. High Fidelity, Orange County, School of Rock. I like don't want to go back to like any of his new stuff. I want to keep going back to like the five or six really good things he's ever done. The Polka King actually genuinely does look good, and Jumanji proves that he still has it in him. But uh, I. The thing is, he is the guy that is. I used to feel that way. I was like, ah, oh, every time I see Jack Black, I want to watch either High Fidelity or School of Rock. But now I'm like, I want to go back to Be Kind Rewind with Most Death. I want to go back to Bernie. I want to go back to um, Orange County more. Like, he has side stuff that is amazing and deserves to go back. And as he's gotten older, if it's not lazy, which I don't think he is lazy in the big year, I think it's the Gulliver's Travel doesn't satisfy what he can do. Uh, naturally in a scene. In in the big year, he's just playing off Steve Martin and Owen Wilson, and it's sweet, and it's nice. And Rashida Jones. Like, he's such a human yeah. being in a big year. It's wonderful. I love it. I And he's, like, the best part of that movie to me. Um, so he can carry a boring movie for me. But also, I think a movie can um, dilute what makes him great if it's not careful, and it's, like too technical for him to be able to explore the more he feels like a cog in the wheel of something the less i get excited tropic thunder holds him back until he's tied to that tree and, and begging for drugs so like that's when that moment happens you're like oh my god when that moment happens you're like oh yeah that's right jack back is a fucking genius dude like chris that it's so funny he wants to wean himself off drugs so he can help his friends and he's just he just lost his drugs and now he's like um detoxing so they tie him to a tree and he gives one of the best monologues about how he would literally suck someone's dick for drugs at that moment it's it's unbelievable it's obviously written but his performance is so good 
it's you're in that moment in the movie you're like holy shit that's right jack black is amazing it's just so good it's such a like little sly moment to put it in the movie i love it it's the tropic thunder is so chris have you seen tropic thunder bits and pieces on tv you've never seen it all the way through it's fucking i want to say i have but like seeing it on television just makes me think that I've seen it in bits and pieces. And you like, I remember the Tom Cruise bit. You're probably also seeing it censored as well. I remember the ending. I remember, like, the most, the thing I remember the most about it is, like, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> playing a white guy, playing a black guy. <laughs> there, are, there are so many things, man. When you go back, you're like, the, the performance by Ben Stiller at Simple Jack for the natives, it's so fucked up it's so, so funny like, it's so funny so i think i have seen it it's just really been a while and i saw it on tv which gives curiosity. me the impression i saw it yeah yeah i think it's a curiosity man um anyway i i think i think jack black has a solid career of great movies that vary from great leads to great sides to great series to whatever i don't think he has that many bad horrible movies i think he has three bad movies and then everything else is either good to great, in my opinion. But he is a he is a guy that nowadays, especially watching him with his kids on YouTube, that like I'm charmed by him. But the best movie he ever did was School of Rock. It is the most pure Jack Black movie ever. People need to see Pick of Destiny again. People need to see Bernie again. People need to see Beacon Rewind. And people need to see Orange County more. Those uh, Hot Fidelity should be seen by everyone. And when the show came out, people were watching it again. But like, those are the four movies I would say people need to go out and see. I'm going to go see The Poker King. I, that's something I want to see right now because I haven't yet. And then, yeah, like he has some movies that people need to go back to. Especially Be Kind Rewind. That's a good little... If you love movies, it's a movie about loving movies. Oh, I remember seeing a trailer for Be Kind Rewind. Yeah, and I love most Def. I love most Def. So going back to... Hashtag back to Willow. Haven't called that out in a while. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, for me, like, another thing... Another thing about Nacho is, like, I kind of actually like the soundtrack. I actually think the soundtrack's the best part of the movie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, the soundtrack, I, don't, I, I, if I were to compare the soundtrack with the cinematography, which one I like more? It's the cinematography. Uh, I get you. Uh, I think they're on par with each other. I think the music is fantastic. That song, yes, I've been singing it everywhere. I am, oh, okay. I am, yeah. <laughs> but also, music in general is fantastic. Um, and then the cinematography is great. I think the editing is pretty tight, and um. I just knowing that Jared Hess is the reason for why a lot of those quotable moments sound the way they do makes me really excited about him as a director for this. And and just I think this was a real big pinnacle for him. He had a lot of money, he had a lot of freedom, and he wanted to make what he wanted to make. And this really shows. And there's a lot of passion for this. So I I, I feel like the music probably was the thing I remembered more out of everything. I think there's a color coding that comes with the cinematography too that um, takes a little bit away. But there are shots, man, like when the when the nurse when the nun shows up for the first time and she walks through that doorway. Oh God, it's beautiful. Um I think the thing I think the shot that got me was the one of when they're first training. Um and they were kind of running around the track. They're, run, they're kind of running along the road. And then there's the shot of uh, Chancho 
uh, watching them from the cliffside. It's like a close up. I'm like, okay, that's oh man, like yeah, that's right. Yeah, when the with the church in the background. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a beautiful shot. I noted that one too. The thing I noticed a lot about this movie that actually kind of spoke to me a lot was the fact that like so much of this movie like shots wise feels like an indie movie even though it's not yeah nickelodeon moved nickelodeon produced this yeah this was like a major one could argue it was a major studio comedy but like so many of the shots just feel like indie movies at times i'm just like i'm very shocked at how well shot this movie is overall so this is the thing that I walked away from this whole experience. Uh, I watched the movie, and I watched the French one, and I'd seen the two ways that you could tell the story, one of the real-life story to it, too. And I was like, there's many ways you can approach this. But at the end of the day, it's a Jack Black comedy with a, an arty director, yes. But, um, I, then I was watching TV at work, and Beverly Hills Ninja came on with Chris Farley. And, have you guys seen that? Yes. No. Chris Farley is great, Chris. You should watch all the Chris Farley in the world. Uh, Chris Farley is a um, ninja, and then a woman comes to ask for his help. He's very attractive. And then he goes to Beverly Hills to try and figure out. It's basically a Chris Farley comedy with a really weird um, plot and premise. And it's just a Chris Farley comedy. Um, that's the thing. That's how the movie treats it. It's a Chris Farley comedy. You know, We aren't really trying that part. It doesn't look too much like we're going the you know, kung fu fighting ends the movie so like they're not trying too hard this they tried this isn't just a jack black comedy this is and it is a jack black comedy his performance is the reason this thing is like the way it is at certain times like nacho is him he, he gets the point he gets moments to improvise it's incredibly physical like it's a jack black comedy but it's made by a guy who who understands that the world building is just as important. That visual jokes are just as important. It's not just shot reverse shot. There's another sense here to the comedy. It is Hal Ashby, Wes Anderson kind of slow, but it's it's beautiful. It's you feel like you go there. You feel like you are going to this place. Like you're in this world, and you don't have to do that. They didn't have to. They could have just made a lazy Jack Black comedy, but they didn't. They worked hard to build a world, which is why I think this stands out more than anything. I uh, I'll agree on that. Like Beverly Hills. Also, uh, no, 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 yeah, I, I thought you meant not true. Also, fun fact: I one of my old one of my uh, one of my old cats. Uh, I named after Chancho. He uh, ended up being. He ended up being extremely violent and ate my mom's hair, so we had to give him away. Chacho. Yeah. So we know how that kid turned out. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So, oh, man, we could talk about how the guy. Oh, so, uh, like I was reading through the trivia on IMDb, and like the guy who played Ramses. Um, was a real Ramses, sorry. <laughs> um, also, yes, the song. Hold on, real quick. The song that he that Jack Black sang at the party was improvised. Absolutely, that was improvised. That I oh, thought was funny. Have you ever have you ever sat down and listened to Tenacious G's uh, early two thousand records? Any of those? 
I think my I think a friend of mine from elementary school tried to sit me down and have me listen to those. Yeah, it was just is, like, what? yeah, but like, time. no, terrible time. <laughs> yeah, no, bad time. Go, go okay, crooked like, elementary school. <laughs> okay, so you love rock now. Like you need, you should listen to that record. It's actually okay. pretty goddamn hard. Like it's rocking. Sure, it has songs like "Fuck Her Gently," but it's also really good. Like he's it. That's the Tenacious D fucking kicks ass, man. I'm gonna be honest. Tenacious D are fucking awesome. Because I was gonna say that was the thing. Like I like how he goes from ten, like he goes from Tenacious D to playing a friar. I, well, yeah. <laughs> That's so fascinating to me. Uh, I man, she's well. He's a goofball. He's also a goofball. I but dude, like yeah, tenacious. And then he pulls off both well. (laughs) Uh, the story of tenacious G is very interesting because the other guy, Kyle Gass, is a masterful guitar player, and he taught Jack Black how to play. And the reason they got it is because Jack Black is a powerhouse of a comedian who also has a crazy voice. And over time. They made these shows on HBO based off their sets, and they're so they're so good. They still stand the test of time of how goofy they are. But like that album that they made in the early two thousands, like Wonder Boy, like those are classic hardcore awesome songs. Like Dave Grohl drums on those records, and like today's just he kicks ass. Mm. Um, Let's so. Where was it? So, okay, so this is one thing that I found interesting. Uh, Ramses is portrayed by Cesar Gonzalez, um, a real-life luchador best known as Silver King, a second-generation luchador who is the son of Lucha Libre legend Dr. Wagner. It turns out that that guy, Cesar Gonzalez, actually died in the ring at 51, like, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Luchadors go for a long time. Like, well and maybe... If they're lucky into their seventies, like yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's like Ric Flair wrestled for thirty six years. Nothing on what people do in in uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, Mex- in uh, Mexico in a uh, lucha libre. So, um, after, Chris, here's the thing: I don't think you understand. Lucha libre isn't just something that happens in Mexico. In fact, it's really popular in the Southwest in general. I know. I'm, I'm just telling you. No, I know. I'm just saying. Like, I'm telling you, like outside the U.S. is what basically what I'm saying. Like out, like Lucha Libre outside the U.S. They go for years. No, I mean even the guys in fucking America do. That's like one in a million, though. That's no, like, it's not. You, nope. those are needles in haystack. Oh. No. Hay, yes, boy. Who are you talking to right now? Who Chris. are you talking to right now, Chris? My dad is like into all this shit, dude. My dad wrestled for years. He has contact with, like, real organizations, dude. I fucking know, because every time he comes into town, he <laughs> tells me he's going to take me to a show. Obviously well, not now. He because, can't now. <laughs> obviously not now, but, like, every time prior to COVID, dude, every year, he's like, you want to go see wrestling? You want to do this? I, a friend of mine's in town. He's wrestling this time. Every time I go to Arizona, he's like, you want to go see Luchadors? I'm like, Sure. And every time we go to we go watch Luchadors, dude. Like, nah, man. Like, Lucha Libre, dude. Fucking Luchadors in 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 like Arizona, shit, dude. Fuck, they go for years. There. Let's just say I know. I know. 
it, it's not a one in a million, dude. It just happens. I mean, how many of those guys last that long with their bodies? Well, who the fuck knows? That's probably one in a million. But like, but like, if they no, nah, dude, if they if their bodies can hold up that long, they will. They will go that long. Yeah, or they'll he, be promoted. He had up. to get that one in. He had to get that one in. All yes. right. I'll get I'll find whatever. Um anything else before we grade? All right. The game is really. on. That's that's good. Um no. I, I just heard really. my dad just scream at the top of his lungs. So yeah. Um okay, so nothing before we grade? Oh, I'm we'll good. Get you to the game. Don't worry. <laughs> nah, I, I don't care. This is a lost season. Um, I was gonna say, Chris, this season could end any any day now. <laughs> yeah, I it it ended the moment it started. Um, well, I was gonna say, uh, it literally could end because like three teams are out for COVID right now. I know, right, right, right. It could oh. actually like, irregardless of the Vikings doing their usual nonsense, it could actually just end any day. Yeah, it, Mulligan it, year, Mulligan year, everyone. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I have anyway. not even. Paying attention at all. I don't expect like you to. Three teams. <laughs> there's like three, there's three that. teams that are like out to due to COVID right now. Like they're the yeah. season. Anyway. 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 Not talking grade, about <laughs> grade. Grading time. Sports so suck, right? So what <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, hey, I'm kidding. I want to see a hockey game live. I miss the hockey game live. I don't like I don't like hockey that much. I just it's so cool to be next to that glass, man. That's the only time I care. Sports live is the fight week. for half an hour. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Like, oh, good dude. God, he is. Real, he just lost his mind. Something's going on. Uh, maybe someone. Right. Are you okay in there? Jesus. All right, all right, all right, guys. Let's 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 agree. God, this scared the crap out of me. Anyway, great. So God. that's where you. <sighs> yeah. Oh, What's up? Anyway, um, <laughs> who wants to go first? Um, okay, so I think this is better than average. Uh, I certainly think that it puts more love and compassion into the visual look of this film that it certainly needed to. Um, uh, so I'm gonna say B minus, B minus for me. B minus. Yeah. Okay. Not quite a B, but a B minus. I'm not going to watch this again for a while, but I will return for sure. Especially when I go through Jack Black's movies. This is a good summer movie that I like. I agree. It, the, the, the journey of this character makes me feel good about myself and some of my choices and fighting for the things that I want to do and how the thing that I love to do that people don't appreciate can be used to make their lives and myself better. Make everyone's lives better. Especially if I'm not just doing it for me, so I, I can help people with it. But I, there's a lot of things to love about this movie when you think about it. But like, um, it'll be a bit before I go back to it. So I'd say. Okay. Um. So, yeah. I, actually, while you guys were talking, I realized like I've only seen like so many like, um, Jack Black movies. And none of them are like like the ones that he's like super known for. Um, but like between like Nacho Libre and like the first two Kung Fu Panda movies, like I've like I just like I realized like how much 
Um, how little? But how like how no like just with those like three movies that I've seen of Jack Black, okay. how much of like an impact he's had on my childhood? Well, yeah, I mean you. That's the thing about stars around your child. Like I think about that sometimes. Like Jim Carrey was a was the comedy. He was the comedy god at that time that I was a child. And like H. Ventura, The Mask were big deals for me. It wasn't until later that, that I got into like, well, like Dumb and Dumber and Cable Guy, I got as a teenager. But like Batman Forever, uh, The Mask and the H. Venturas were a big deal for me. So that that's that's something I've noticed throughout the years. Whoever were the famous comedians, the, the level of comedy at a certain age is important and especially ranges from whether you're a kid or a teenager. So like around the time that Jack Ross was doing his thing, uh, that was you were responding to some of his kids' movies, uh, or the movies that were geared towards kids like Libre, Nickelodeon movie for Planet Land. Uh there was also at the same time the rise of the adult cultured Apatow movies where um Seth Rogan and Dave Franco and then even more adult are the the frat pack with uh Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell and all those guys so like there were levels of comedy like back back that's when he was a star 2006 is when he was a star um so yeah with that B plus interesting more generous for me I like it B plus you I like- just everything just looks good Good soundtrack, quotable, um, pro wrestling. <laughs> um, it's got it's got it's like pretty much got everything that I that I've ever that I really look for. Yeah, I agree. Like it's a very it's it really is speaks to a lot of things you enjoy. Yes. All right, Zach, hit us. Zach, wake up. I'm thinking. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, okay, uh-huh. okay. That earned it, though. I am leaning between two right now. Oh, boy, here we two go. Out of, two out of a letter grade? That's crazy. <laughs> There's a part of me that wants to give it a solid C. But there's also a part of me that wants to give it a C plus. I don't think it's better than that. I'm I'm gonna stand by my my thoughts here, and I don't think it's better than a C. The music, the music was great. It looked beautiful. Some of the line deliveries are really fun. Come on, it's better yes. than average. So what? You know what? I'm gonna. I agree with you. I'm gonna give it a C plus. But yay! But uh, I and it's mostly because. The visual and the audio is just so beautiful in that movie, and it's great. But, like, I, I really do distinctly have issues with with the um, with the story and with, like, the, the type of comedy it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that's just because, again, like I said, I just don't like Jack Black doing that kind of slapstick. Um... And I look to other actors when I do that. Okay, I got you. I but hear that. That's fair. There you have it, everyone. Nacho Libre. Nacho! Yes. I've, I've actually, 
Now that I think about it, I really want that that uh, that bike, like something like that bike that he had. That's that motorized. Really the Nacho Mobile. Yeah, that motorized bike. That was pretty fun. Nacho Mobile. Anyway, um, okay. So, uh, before we uh, talk about the bad wheel, Alex, I must give you an update. Uh, Surfer is not on streaming yet. Damn it! Oh, all right, fine, whatever. Damn it! <laughs> Fuck! All right. <laughs> all right. I have an empty house. That's the only reason I did that. <laughs> all right. Um. Okay. Now it's time to pick a bad movie for the bad movie wheel spin. Again, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. I think he's. I think we're gonna find ourselves in a Riccio situation with this. Okay, hang on, let me get to the... There we go. All right. So, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. This is not Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. No, I was supposed to watch it, and I didn't. I actually heard it was kind of good. I want to see that. I want to. I have reasons to see that. That director is visually interesting to me. He made Wanted. So, like, I, I am interested in watching Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I just didn't get to it. The other guy made uh, the Ben-Hur remake. He made the Ben-Hur remake? He made the Ben-Hur remake. What the fuck? Okay, all right. That explains a few years that were absent for me, because I remember him, he's a Russian guy, and he made um, yep. Night Watch and Day Watch, which is what got him wanted. And then I, he made Abraham Lincoln, and I didn't know what he made after that. So, like, that fills in some years for me. I never watched that. I was never I, Ben-Hur, you only watch for the chariot race. That's it. Also, it got, also it got panned, just so you know. Um... People didn't love it, but also, like, I, I don't think he was the right guy to make that. He's, like, there's only one visually amazing scene. He's not an epic kind of guy. He's he's all over the place. He's like a, he's a, like a Tony Scott or something, like a man on fire or a, a, maybe even a Scott Pitt. Like, he's way more visually crazy, like, than something that needs the big scope epic thing. It's like yeah. Michael Bay making Pearl Harbor. Like, I get it, but no, dude. Um, okay, Zach, your pick. Zach, I'm going to say it again. Do not, oh, you already said it. Zach, wake up. Zach? Where has my Zachy gone? Zachariah has left me till dawn. What shall I do? Who shall I love? Who shall I sing to? Myself. I'll sing to myself because I'm awesome, and also I smell, and also I have bad breath, and also I farted. All those things. This mean the is gonna same. give me time to look at the backlog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pull out the backlog, dude. Whoa, there's so many choices. <laughs> All right, I got it. Um, I'm sticking, sticking by my juju. You don't know. Oh, there's oh, the there's the yeah, there All right. Sorry. My dog just ran out of the house. Oh. No, okay, so first of all, not only did we say Zach, wake up. You didn't, and we got scared. And then I literally sing a song that you must go back and listen to on your own. Great. No, my, my dog got out of the house, and then my sister is being loud, and all, all kinds right. of shit. Um, out of the house. Pick a bad so, movie. All right, I already have my, 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 my movie thought. What was it? Say it. Daddy ah. daycare. Daddy daycare. Oh my god. You have you opened up a hardened's nest. 
Dude, do you want to step out and step into the world of Eddie Murphy's family comedies? Oh, yes. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, man. Then I mean, I wasn't looking to be incredibly cruel to a movie in a long time, but there you go. Like, I remember seeing that movie, and all I remember is the kid, like, sleeping with his ass hanging in the air. Like, okay, so, uh, can I... Can I... <laughs> I'm going to remember that. For the rest of my life, all I remember was this baby sleeping with his ass in the air. That's all I remember right now. Uh, because I've never seen that movie or the trailer. Um, here's the thing I want to say, Zach. Although I think that is a very interesting choice, I don't know enough about it to know whether it looks like a good choice or not. Have you ever heard of the adventures of Pluto Nash? No. Look that up real quick, and I want you to uh, make a decision whether you think that would be the more interesting uh, uh uh, Eddie Murphy bad movie to watch because that is known for and I've seen it dude it's awful it's known for being awful terrible and it is very bad it's a sci-fi space comedy so it's got Rosario Dawson and Randy Quaid as an android like I think that might be more up your alley and no I know, I know it is but but there's a look it up man and like I think you need to see some images from this stuff look at a trailer man and Chris, pull out the backlog while I'm giving him time. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the backlog. Um, what do we got? Okay, so the backlog is Daredevil 2003, um, Godzilla 1998. Sorry. Um, uh -huh. Robin Hood 2018. Yep. Oh my god, this movie. I think <gasps> it's a movie. I'm sorry? I think I remember this movie. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Uh oh. Um, who killed Captain Alex? That's right. Gemini Man. That was you, Alex. Oh, that was me. Uh, no Holds Barred. Masters of the Universe. Super Mario Brothers. That was Zach. Um, yes, it was. Santa Slay. <laughs> oh, man, the time is coming that I'm really going to like push, but I'm not going to yet. I think um, that's fair enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. Things are happening right now. I know. Hillary Clinton has a ten thousand dollar bill in this. Yeah, they did not. They didn't pick that feature well. They they nope. doubled down on the wrong feature there. Nope. They're not the Simpsons. I'll tell you that much. Nope. They're the opposite. Um, Santa conquers the Martians. That was Zach again. Um, Varsity Blues. That was Alex. Whew. Oh God! Wild Wild West. Um, I'm looking. Varsity Blues and Santa Slay are my two favorite choices for you so far. Um, Max Steel. Uh huh. Super Babies, Baby Geniuses Two. That is this the backlog. This is the backlog. Aragon. Ew. Oh yeah. Van Helsing. Oh yeah. Which I mean, apparently my parents love. Um, Cutthroat Island, Sh The Chaperone, mm. uh, Giggly. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be really? honest. Like, I don't even think like Van Helsing's that bad. Uh, I think it's worthy to talk about. I think it's I. I it may end up being a curiosity at the end of the day, but I also remember things said about it that are fun, but also like the movie as a whole is stupid and deserves a bit of a bitch slap. Um, Ultraviolet, Aeon Flux. Wait, 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 and... I think 
Giggly is up there too as another one that you just don't know how bad, you don't know how amazingly bad that movie is, Chris. That is awesome. That is a huge. I cannot wait for the day you watch that. <laughs> um, Ultraviolet, Aeon Flux, and just another romantic wrestling comedy. <laughs> yeah. That, okay, dude. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter is a good version of that. Like how fucking <laughs> crazy that Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter is like. It's good, but it's like crazy. Okay. Um, I- I want to pick. The, I want to pick just another romantic wrestling comedy, just to see you freak out about all, all of like the time jumps. Oh, dude! I want to rewatch it again. I want to rewatch it again. And and Zach, it's it's as good as we say. Like it's fucking. Hold up! Hold Hell, up! Fuckers, that movie. Is. Just another rest. It's so fucking crazy. I have to make sure that they did not take it off YouTube. Hold on, they like. We have, like, I have to be sure. Oh, so okay, good. they did not. They did not. I can't confirm they did not take it off YouTube yet. So, yes, so, okay. just, so you're going just another wrestling? Uh, uh, I kind of want to do Aragon because I don't remember that being bad. It but... was bad. Chris, it was worse than you could imagine. Uh, that's why I want to pick Aragon, though. And then there's Max Steel, which I did for school. But I didn't watch it because I was directing that episode and my writers watched it. They said it was bad. Mm. There's Robin Hood 2018, which I only want to watch for one reason and one reason only, um, which me and Alex both know. Um, Santa Slay. I don't think Robin Hood is worth it right now. Maybe one day. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe one day. Not, not, not what you're looking for. I don't think it should be worth it yet. Okay. Santa, Santa Slay, from what you show me, looks amazing. I know. Chris, I I think you're going to love Varsity Blues, but I want to put that in the back burner for now. That is, I would say that for summer and see if I can get it in there. But, like, I, I honest to God think that Santa Slay, Geely are the two top choices for me because, like, you don't. Santa Fe looks bat- batshit insane for me. Like if you're gonna pick that, pick that for me because I haven't seen it. But I, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, your response to Julie is something I am very much looking forward to. Both of you guys, but mostly you. Guys. I just, I okay. got, I can't stress enough how the best moment in this movie is when Ben Affleck is cutting the thumb off a corpse with a plastic knife while a mentally challenged person stands behind him singing. Acapella, I like big butts and I cannot lie. Okay, we just did a wrestling movie. We did. I'm going to leave just another romantic wrestling comedy just one more time. And I'm going to go with Aragon. I'm going to go with Aragon. How bad could it be? I am calling out Aragon. Chris. Do your worst, Aragon. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. I like it. I, I just want to tell you. You picked Aragon. it, Zach. It was, this was your pick. This was your pick. No, I am. Aragon is going to get a reaction from me. That's good. That's on par with The Last Airbender. Okay, good. Okay. Oh it's bad. It's that. that All right. That's so we got Daddy that. Daycare, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Wait, 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 wait. Are we sure we have Daddy Daycare? Yes, we have Daddy Daycare. We have Daddy Daycare. Daddy Daycare, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter, and Aragon. Day camp, by the way. 
All right, let's do this. All right, who's who's gonna take the place? Oh my God, it's Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter! It's going on the whale first try. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Look at it! It's on its Chris. Look! Look at it right now! Look at it! I didn't see you spin it. What? Look at it. That's what. It. That's what would happen if you spun it. Spin it again. No. Absolutely not. I didn't see you spin it. Too bad. I spun it. I that's literally. Look at what. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Yeah. That's the. That's what. That's what it would look like if you spun it. I didn't see the spin. Okay. Here, I'll make another. I'll make another one. Here. Okay, Jesus, Lord have mercy. Wow, he is salty, Alex. He does not want this. No, I don't care. It's just... Oh, God. Oh, that's so sad. He's taking this away from you, Alex. I spun this wheel. I didn't see his spin. You know what? Screw you. It's my show. It's Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. <laughs> it's my show. What? <laughs> you keep it down. You're the one yelling at a, at a freaking football game. <laughs> Hold on, he's yelling at me. <laughs> I know there was a lapse of of like memory that Chris oh, forgot man. to show it. Oh man. So fun to I'm already this. Do you know how long I've been waiting to do this? What, do what? For Chris to lapse of memory and me to call him out on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, who cares, man? It's my show. It's my show. It's that's literally what you would see if it spun on it. I get it, Chris, but like, that. you've been so on point for like a year now. Okay, the here's what we'll do. Miss, gone for like three weeks. No, no, no. Well, you were gone. Yes, you were gone, and he. I don't ask him to do that. I never want to see the wheel. I like to hear him tell me. So he hasn't shown it for the last couple times. So that's just habit for him now. But like, yeah. Oh, I'm, toes, man. I'm going to prove to you that that is what happens when. No, that's fine. It's it's fine, Chris. Dude, guys, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Like you're gonna come on. It's Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. Yeah, that's fine. Oh. Yes, the gods are with me. Uh, 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 uh. Chris, yes, Zach, yes, yes, yes. I'll I'll give you a hint of what's in this movie. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a luchador in this movie as well. Phantom. All right. So now that just leaves us to build the wheel. So that is the movie I want to watch with you guys. We got to watch that as a group. All right. So on the bad movie wheel. Fuck. I gotta keep it down. My mom, my mom already yelled at dad for being too loud. Um, oh so we're all, we we are all on her shit list. Um, it's real. You mean you're on your shit list? Okay, so <laughs> on the wheel as it stands right now, the last Airbender. Uh. The Watcher. Oh my god, that'd be perfect for the time of year. It's awful and it's. Ooh, yeah, I guess. The Wicker Man. 
that would be very seasonal. D O D O O M Doom. Not Doom. That was a crazy spin. Master of Disguise. That would also be good for the time of year because Turtle Man. I would say costumes. North. Oh my god, you guys, North. Dragon Ball Evolution. Ew. Yeah, that movie's bad. Howard the Duck. Hard tickets to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hard tickets to Hawaii. Freaked. Freaked? Yes. Yes. Upon discovering that it was actually on HBO, toys. Right. Love on a leash. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Okay, I should have freaked out more on Love on a Leash. Love on a Leash is crazy. And Dungeons and Dragons, Zach, that is just for you, baby. <laughs> Birdemic. Shock and terror. I'm so excited. Fun ass movie, dude. It's a fun movie. And Teen Wolf. <laughs> that would be very seasonal. All right. Show me that wheel. Wheel changes. Now we're actually going to show Zach the wheel on my show. Where'd the thing go? Oh, there it is. I'm so excited, guys. There's a lot of Halloween choices we could stumble into. I don't know what we are about to get. I don't either, but like... I'm nervous. I'm genuinely nervous. (laughs) Like, okay. All right, ready? In my mind, but I don't think think it would be this. Three, two... One spin. Oh my god. Oh wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie we are reviewing on the Vice Movie Podcast Love on a Leash. Holy shit. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no, guys. Oh, no. Okay, guys. <laughs> oh no. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, oh no. Chris, you're oh, breaking no. out. You gotta chill out. First of all, here's the deal. Um, Zach, this has got to be one of the most interesting, bonkers, bad movies I've ever seen, dude. You want to talk about a female director, guys? We have a new bad movie female director, baby. She's insane. So, <laughs> get ready. Just to give you a taste. This movie opens... Oh, by the way, there's no music in this movie at all. There's no music. There's no score. So it opens with a dog walking around the park. And, oh my god, it's voiced by a... There, it's voiced by a guy who sounds like Seth Rogen, who later, who later did this voiceover after the movie was made and treated it all like a joke, despite the fact... That when the dog turns into a human, by the way, a dog turns into a human, he's a gorgeous looking man. And the interview with this guy is on Ralph the Movie Maker. He, he spoke to Ralph the Movie Maker. So when you watch this movie, you can watch Ralph the Movie Maker's take on it. It's amazing. This is, oh my god, the dog, the dog, the talking dog with no music walks through a park to talk to people. It starts looking for women to fall in love with. And then walks to a guy who starts petting it and it goes, oh, 
dude, don't pet me. I'm not gay. And that's how you know you are in for a crazy, crazy, batshit insane ride. I cannot express how fucking crazy this movie is. You're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> you do not know do not know what you were getting i would if you guys want to watch this together i would absolutely say so chris this is on par with that wrestling movie this is uh, this is more insane than that movie <laughs> you don't guys you are going to this is this is surfer team confront fear level bonkers right <laughs> <laughs> It's so I get to watch this movie again. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is free on Tubi. It is free on Tubi. It's free on Prime. Not not in the US. Not in, that's how I watched it. Um I just looked at the Amazon Prime. I'm looking at the Amazon Prime it says that this video is currently unavailable to watch in your location. Oh man. So but it's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. I just got to disable ad block. <clears throat> oh, man. Oh, my God. I can just, like, straight watch this guy. Oh, my God. Wait, what do you mean, what guy? Like, the movie. Oh, oh. the movie is the guy. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <sighs> okay. I have not seen a movie of this caliber since Surfer. Yes. An argument can be made since Rollerball, that Rollerball counts, but, like, no. No. Rollerball is a big-budget thing. This is a this is a woman scraped all the money she had in the world to make a movie, and it's... This is room-level style stuff, guys. This is... This is bonkers. You're not ready. But you're ready. Hold on, Elise. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I I can't wait. <laughs> I, I legit actually cannot wait. <laughs> I would watch this shit right now. Okay. Um. It's so really. It's rated G? How is this movie rated G? What the fuck? <laughs> How is this movie rated G? Oh my god, the first words out of the dog. Oh man. It's like when you it's like it's like um it's like when you uh it's like when you watch airplane and then you find out later it was rated PG. That was before PG thirteen had been invented. Yeah, it's like a woman who runs out really in the middle of the movie just shows her tits. Oh my god. Oh dude, guys, whoa, I'm hyping it up, but you don't you can't not. This movie's insane. This is this is really okay. okay, so like I have like a certain like there's a certain level of insanity that I'm that I'm getting a vibe from. It's like is this like movie forty three insane? Or, or like movie forty three offensive, Chris. There is no, there is no normal movie I can compare this to. This is David Lynch territory. This is a <laughs> weird ass fucking movie, and you're gonna love it. Okay, you're gonna love it. It's about. It's basically. It's <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so 
<laughs> I don't want to. There's so much I have to explain about it after you see it, but like it, it explains itself as it goes along. Like the first 30 minutes make no sense, and then when it does, you're just like, oh, oh my god. Okay, so it's about a woman who is single, is having problems with love, finds a jog, and it turns out the jog is a man. And when the man at, the man can turn into a human at night and they fall in love. But it's so much more than that. It's so much. I can't explain the ending to you. I don't. Oh, God. If you were, Chris, we're all freaking out next week. We are all freaking out next week. You, dude, like, okay. you're going to go insane. You're going to, like, this is, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I'm at a loss for words. You're welcome. Okay. So there you have everybody. We are done with Nacho Libre. And now we will. Libra, holy shit! Now we've spun the wheel. I love the show. So remember, guys, next time for a good movie, the challenge is female director. Female director. So come to the episode next time with a female directed good movie. Wonderful. Um, that's gonna be. Okay. No, that's we, cheating. No, that's not a series. Yeah, it's in the DCU. Wonder Woman from the 90s. <laughs> no, I would say other Patty Jenkins movies, like, let's say, Monster, for example. Wonder Woman from the 90s. How do you know that's anyway. What? How do you know if that's directed by a woman or not? I don't know. <laughs> it was the 90s. It, up. Um, it was the 90s. It's about a 50-50 shot if it actually is. Is there a Wonder Woman? I give it 70-30. I thought she was in the 70s. I thought Linda Carter was in the 70s. Oh, maybe it was Linda. That was Linda Carter. You're right. So, next time, Love on a Leash. Probably a triple meltdown of epic proportions. Mankind may never survive. Um, So, there you go. Um, Good night, everyone, and say goodbye, guys. Bye. By the way, it's directed by a dude, which isn't terribly surprising. Uh, I'm just going to leave it on that evil laugh. Good night, everyone.